This is a hose head. Production! Jeffrey Dahmer soaked in blood. The Unabomber blowing up. Waco, Texas, and Heaven's Gates. Aliens modified, men from apes. Hitler faked his death and then escaped. Bigfoot and the Mothman. Son of Sam talking to dogs again. Witches, ghosts, and goblins. Mysterious noise and hauntings. Dark arts in the skull and bones. Most celebrities are probably clones. So if you're feeling all alone, crack a beer and get stoned. I welcome you to the podcast Strange Brew. We're here to entertain you. We're here to entertain you. It's about to get strange. Here comes the sun. It's all right. It's funny because considering what we're talking about this episode, uh, it's really fucking rainy here. Hey, today has been the first day. Actually, it was sunny here for like weeks. Really? Yeah. yeah. It seems very dreary over there. It normally is like we've had like quite good weather, but so have we. The last like three, four weeks has been terrible. There's just been this big like there's a big rainstorm, uh, and it's like just been pouring out like the past like couple hours. So it's funny considering we're it's been normally like very hot and sunshine, and even while the episodes me and Brett recorded, I was like dripping in sweat, like so like I was like I couldn't even like concentrate, and now it's like this nice cool rainy day, and we're talking about. Strange vacations. I thought you were going to have some like weird uh, thing set up on your soundboard. Here comes the sun. That's all I can. But uh, yes, welcome everybody back to the show. I hope you love us. If you don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why you're listening. We're uh, just chilling out at the beach. I'm having a nice cold can of moobs. <laughs> What's with you and Heineken? I'm having one of these. It's fucking delicious. I'm a... I'm a sucker for, like, I, I'm, like, sick of beer, right? But I'm going to... It's some weird shit now. Wait and, wait and see, everybody. He's going to be like, it's like Samuel Beckett fucking no. something. Vodka Friday, bro. Okay, that sounds kind of nice. It's, uh, be this, be that, do this, do that, v- VF that, v- Vodka Friday that. It's a thorny beach. Oh, kind of funny considering what we're talking about. A peach raspberry frolic. Weird. That sounds pretty nice. Have you ever heard of this? This is a new drink. Heineken? Heineken. Yeah, it's this new thing out. It's really nice. Yeah, didn't Bill Gates invest into that? Isn't that his, his invention? His we creation? see, I, I've 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 uh, bought into his subscription service now. So I already <laughs> got vaxxed up. So yeah. time to drink moobs for the rest of my life. I know. We're talking about strange vacations. And it's kind of fun because in uh, two days, I will be going on my own vacation. Actually, I'm going to the cottage. Uh, the, we're recording with today is a fucking Tuesday. I'm going on the Friday. So I'm pretty stoked for that. So this is pretty exciting to talk about, you know, considering, you know, where I'm going. And, and we talked about wanting to do this anyway. Before we get into it, I don't know how much you care to get into the details of this. But when you say uh, I'm going to the cottage, like set the scene for me as somebody who has no context as to like what that means. So we travel, we used to get, it, we used to for the, you know, for, it was like five, six years ago, the same cottage, which I do miss. It was a nice cottage and you drive like, you know, three hours up north and then you get in the cottage country 
and there's like nothing but like force and stuff like that. Um, hopefully uh, they don't burn them to the ground with fucking dues, <laughs> direct energy weapons. But it's like beautiful out there. And then you start seeing like ads for cottage stuff, like, you know, boats and all that stuff. So that's when you start getting more up north. But we used to like, it was on the, by this uh, place called Burley Falls. And we used to like go through this like very dirt road. Um, and actually, you ever seen Cheaper by the Dozen too? Yes. With Eugene Levy and um, mm-hmm. Steve Martin. That cottage that they filmed that was literally like two, three cottages down from the one we were at. Not okay, as good, so that, though. We didn't get this kinda, huge that, cottage. But that's kind of like what I should picture. Kind of, yeah. And we used to have this like rustic old cabin, considering it was next to some very rich looking cabins, like like cottages. Like there was a glass house looking one. And that one's huge. The one that they filmed uh, the movie at. And they had like a little um, restaurant. And they had like their signatures. Uh, from Eugene Levy and Steve Martin. And it was like, you'd go into this like kind of old cabin. It was like, um, had like a back room, which was nice for me to smoke weed out of and stuff like that. And then you go in a little kitchen, kind of wholesome. And then it had a deck wrapped around and it would like go right out to the water. So there's a diving board. You could just jump into the lake into, which was pretty fun. Um, a little dock and all that stuff, but they've been fighting over the road, the municipality or some bullshit. So now we went to one last year because um, Chelsea's sister had a kid, so we don't want him falling off the deck. That would not be good. So now it's like one that you walk into the water. Um, so it has this huge grass like in the back and stuff like that. And then you kind of like step off and they have stone ledges you can kind of walk into the water at. And it's it's beautiful, right? I'll be reading. I have my Howard Zinn book. I'm going to read, um, uh, the power of government cannot suppress I have my David Icke book. I'll probably try to get through that. It is, it's enjoyable, but it's, it's, it's a little tough. I understand why people are like, it's a tough read to read David Icke's books. Um, and yeah, then I also like, have I'm, an I'm Alan Watts book. In That's, the just process. Fun, That's just like spiritual guru, fucking Buddhism bullshit. All I like, so that, that, that was going to be my uh, follow up question was like, what kind of things do you like to do when you go to the cottage? So I can't do high doses of the mushrooms I would like to do because Chelsea does not, would not want that because they don't know that I do it. Um, hopefully they don't listen to this, but uh, <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, what can I just tell them? Why can't I just be myself? Right? Like, I don't think it's a big deal. People have, see psychedelics as this like scary bad thing and they don't understand how powerful it is to change the human consciousness and brain and mental health and all that stuff. Right. But uh, I'm, I'll be taking microdoses, wearing my sunglasses. I don't see my fucking large pupils. Um, but it's mostly like a Mr. W- Barnes when he comes out <laughs> of the fucking reactor. What, it, how, what does he say? We are love. <laughs> Uh, whatever the hell he says. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Cause it, it can, your eyes can get like that. When me and my buddy did mushrooms at the bachelor party, like I, we were both like, we came down, we weren't tripping anymore. And I was like, man, your fucking pupils are still huge. It's like, it took over his whole eye almost. I was like, whoa. But like, I, we mostly just hang out. We may go on a boat and go for a boat ride. Mostly just hang out, you know, drink, you know, hang out with the baby now, which is a lot of fun. Cause he's like getting older. He's like one, uh, a little over one. And, uh, so we'll do stuff like that. You know, read, I like to read a lot and I'll listen to podcasts and just chill by the way. I'm going to try to swim a lot and maybe try to master the paddleboard. Cause I did not do Whoa, that. I thought year. you were going to say something else there. Whoa. <laughs> Cause you, you did stall for a second. You said, <laughs> and maybe try, I want to really try and master. Yeah. Master the paddleboard is my way of saying that I'll jerk off in the washroom when nobody's What, what we need to do there <laughs> is somebody needs to clip that and then do that thing where you say master and then it has that weird um, Microsoft Sam. 
voice that goes like bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited for this episode. It should be fairly fun. Uh, longtime listeners will know that we did a Strange Vacations episode like at the very beginning of the show when Justin was still a host, which seems like decades ago. It was only like a couple of years. It just seems like forever ago. Look, we're at the beach. Oh, I thought I uh, added it to make it fit the whole thing, but we're kind of in the water now. We're on the beach. That's kind of nice. I, know. I love how, right? Uh, so we're doing a Strange Vacations episode and you look like you're somewhere tropical with the color and like the hat yeah. and everything. And then I look like fucking Uncle Fester. <laughs> yeah, with your blue lighting. Just wait, with because you will sunburn. become Uncle Fester pretty soon. Do, do I look like, because um, someone said this to me the other day, that this looks like it's fake and I'm not actually here. It's like me standing in front of a green screen. Kind of. Just because the lighting is on you and you have the light lighting up the background, my lights are in front of me. It, it, you, someone could think that. I could see why someone would. Yeah, they were like, is that real? And I was like, yeah, why? And they were like, no, it's just, it looks like, like really bad, like CGI. <laughs> Weird. It's No, it's real. You just go walk over to it and then you fall into the green screen. <laughs> I want a green screen for my green screen for my chair just for some fun shit for the show. But um, that'd be so funny. I, I can only imagine the shit you would do with that. I know. I hope everyone is enjoying their summer so far. So like that, we're kind of bringing it to a close. There's a lot of actually fun stuff over at uh, Class Horrorcast for stuff that we're adding in um, near September and there's stuff still to come. Uh, so be prepared for that. But this was kind of fun. I kind of like doing some, you know, topical episodes a lot of times. And the fans know this around any time that we can. I like, we've done one va uh, Valentine's Day episode. Sure, we'll do another. So I like doing things kind of topical. It's always fun and to give the fans and not a lot of shows do that. So I thought it would be appropriate. And I actually have um, probably another episode or two that would be kind of, summer targeted like towards the season and stuff like that but there's a lot of stuff coming so when you plan your next trip make sure you take warning from many tales of the people who vanished on vacation instead of removing themselves from work and stress you know the stress of the world people disappear on trips remove themselves from the entire world entirely vanishing in the midst of what should be paradise sometimes things go really wrong and affect people's lives forever so let's talk about some stories of people who set out on vacation and came back with herring, hero, harrowing, hero, ter, the horrifying, let's just say that, horrifying tales to tell, or they never came back at all. I was going to say, I, I don't think any of the poor motherfuckers that I'm going to talk about, I don't think any of them came back. No, no, nobody. I, I have two cases of like some fun things kind of bring in the episode, but yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you, have you ever had a strange vacation? Everyone knows mine where my friend got stuck in Cuba. Uh, if you, if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> you have never been fucking talking about my shadow people story 1000 times. Um, then go back to the shadow people episode and you'll hear the whole story of how my vacation got turned upside down very quickly. When a Russian guy grabbed my friend's balls, you ever had anything happen like that? <laughs> um, no, no, but I have had, I, I suppose, I don't know if you could call it a strange vacation. I had a pretty wild vacation in 2016. I actually got, uh, stuck in Orlando during Hurricane Matthew. Oh, really? And our plane was the second last plane. So we have Aer Lingus, which is an Irish like Aer Lingus. Uh, 
Aer Lingus. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a weird... It's like the Irish fucking whatever. Aer <laughs> um, Lingus. They're like international, like, but yeah. uh, there, was, there was us and British Airways were the last two flights to leave uh, Orlando and International Airport before they had like a, a statewide curfew because yeah. the storm was coming. And like when we get to the airport, like, and I'm noticing like anybody else I know that's in Orlando at the time is like, yeah, no, we, we got, we got told to stay in our hotel and like not leave and like definitely don't go to the airport because flights are not going to be allowed to go. I was like, weird. It's like, we got told to show up at the airport and it'll be fine. And we get to the airport and like the entire airport is basically closed bar like one corridor of lights that lead to like our gate. I'm like, this is really bizarre that this is happening. And uh, we get to the gate and basically what happens is a flight comes from Dublin to Orlando and then they disembark or whatever. They clean a plane, fuel the plane there. And then, you know, we go from Orlando back to Dublin. Yeah. And as those people are getting off the plane, I was sitting, it was like, I swear to God, it was like Final Destination. I was sitting at my back to like the big glass windows and the mm-hmm. plane was like right here. And I don't know, maybe like I stood up and I was just kind of wandering around and I looked out the window and I was like, what's all that black smoke? I was like, weird. So then I get closer and I look out and the plane is on fire. What the, really? Your the plane? plane is on, is on fire, dude, right before we get onto it. And wow. then everybody starts screaming and freaking out. I swear to God, right? I'm not, I'm, I have and no And then you wake up this. in your chair and you're like, everybody get off the plane. It's like final I, destination. Like, I was like <laughs> pushing fucking grannies and shit onto the ground. To get away because everyone thought the plane was going to explode and kill everybody. That's so like everybody fun. just starts barreling up this hallway yeah. and I'm like, I'm like pushing like all women out of the way and shit. I'm like, fuck you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. And in times of desperation, people get desperate. You know? Yeah. I, I completely just like lost it. And basically what happened was, uh, the, I, I must, uh, maybe someday when we do just like a random live stream, I have all the live stream and clips and stuff I took of it. Yeah, like we should have done that for that this down. year. For if we can fit it in, we'll try to. But we're um, we're busy bees over at Strange Brew. But um, yeah, and then from there it just went downhill. We were supposed to get like uh, evacuated by the National Guard. They wanted to bring us like four hours away to like put us in some football stadium. Weird. And I was like, I don't want to go to a football stadium. We're like, well, we we can only we can only put um women and children into hotels, and all the men need to go together with the National Guard. Why don't we do that with immigration? Like a, Seems like a lot of military-aged men that come here. And I was like, nah, I'm good. I was like, I'm good for that. Weird. And like somehow we managed to get a hotel. We'll, we'll huddle you in a football stadium, but you have to play football for our enjoyment while you're here. <laughs> and we, we, we get put up in this hotel and it's just like, it's a piece of shit. It's like something of a horror movie. Yeah, we spent a week locked in a hotel room that had no food no anything wild really yeah it was it, dude it was terrible is this and you then, and like, your woman I, your ex-woman no it was me Whoa. and one of one of the guys i used to hang out with at the time and we're really? just sitting in this room i have videos from, like inside off. inside so of the room bored, man. <laughs> and there's like no electricity and we're just because obviously living in ireland we've never experienced like anything like that so to to like be to be in like- the air well, just the whole thing, like the whole hurricane thing and how serious it got. Yeah. And like, the, you know, then when you start to see like the fucking army and shit, and they're like, yeah, you need to get in that like big military truck. And like, they're going to drive you four hours away and lock you in a football stadium because everyone's going to die. That's fucking, that and is I'm horrifying. Like, you know, from a small town in Ireland, we're like, whoa, what's going on? I just want to go home. 
As much as I like Florida, you know, maybe we should just like, they have a lot of freedom, but just cut that dick off. It's the dick of the States, but you know, it's, I don't know what it's like to, and and I'm sure one day I will with the, with all the weather modification (laughs) and the things that are happening, but we're pretty lucky where, where we are. And it's, you're even luckier if you go further up North, but you know, I just, you know, it's, it must be scary. We've had tornadoes here like once or twice, but Nothing like wild, like like. like I, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't honest, be either. Yeah. And then, and then, actually, so to to finish that whole story, uh, when when things finally calm down and they rebook us on flights to go when home, they, when they calm down. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to carb my Irish accent. No, that's fine. Uh, that's um, why uh, Jimmy, my the the Chelsea stepdad, he's Scottish. Now he says, "Keep calm." That sounds about right, Jimmy. I like that. <laughs> Jimmy. Um, yeah, they, they rebook us on, like, flights to get home or whatever. Mm. And when we get the email, I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to JFK. I was like, look, if things, if so anything fucks up. I was like, if anything fucks up, um, like, my my aunt and uncle live in New York, so they can come and yeah, get yeah. us and we'll just go stay with them for a few days till we figure out what's going to happen. Good idea, yeah. And then the dude I'm with is like, he was like JFK, or and he's like, mm, no, my my thing says ATL. What's that? And I'm like, oh, you're going to Atlanta, Georgia, then. So we're not <laughs> going to the same place. That's fucked. Because where's he from? Like both of us were were coming back here. Like we're both weird, from weird. Yeah. He put you on like you're going to Atlanta, and they put us on two. Yeah, they, they sent him to Atlanta and they sent me to New York. That's and then they were like, weird. Yeah, and then we have to get like connecting flights from there. So we get split up and I'm flying out first. So we say our goodbyes, whatever, see you later, jerk them off a bit. <laughs> I go and get on this plane. We are taxiing on the runway, like in yeah. a queue of like, because obviously there's like a pile up of flights trying to get back out of fucking Orlando at this point. Yeah. And and I have video of this as well on my phone. Uh, as we're sitting on the runway, I remember sitting there going, that's a really strange smell of like burning or yeah. smoke. And I'm like, no, nah, it's probably just like in my head or whatever, whatever. And then other people start to like it, you know, you can hear everybody going like, can you, can you smell that? What, what's that smell? And then people are like, I think I see smoke. That, and that then out feeling of nowhere, must have made you panic. Dude, I swear to God, right. That's stomach. why I took, I don't know why I thought it was the right thing to do, but I took my phone out straight away. And I was like, I was literally talking to the phone and I was like, I cannot believe this shit. I'm about to die in a fucking plane. Not not the second my, yeah, time. Not my story, but I'll tell this very quickly. Um, one of my cousins went to Japan, um, and and traveled there with his buddy. Um, and I was friends with both of them. Like obviously, my cousin. Like we don't hang out as often. I wasn't allowed to go to family functions because I was not, um, shot it up. Uh, so it, the it disconnect started. <laughs> like it seems like a lot of family. Like I don't see a lot of my cousins and and people like that anymore because everyone got divided which is all part of a tactic, I'm sure. Uh, but my cousin went to um, Japan, so it was, like, crazy. Like, they had, there was a party downtown Japan or whatever. Like, the the main city in Japan, um, I should know this, but there's, like, this huge party. It's, like, 4,000 people at this, like, raver, like, in this city and stuff like that. Wild shit. So he rented a motorcycle, okay, and then proceeded to crash the motorcycle um, oh, and okay. get hurt. And then he was in the hospital 
and his buddy at the time. And uh, I, I know this kid too, Neil, Neil left him there. He's like, fuck left this. as in like left the hospital no, or left, left Japan. like Japan was like, oh, good luck. Okay. And then I, I remember like, which is crazy. I don't know what he was on, but this was like years ago. And when MSN still existed, um, so I remember, and this was like early twenties type shit. And I don't know what, like how long that existed or how long I had that, but it was something like that or email or something. I was like, what's going on, man? And he's like, I'm just in Japan, uh, in the hospital, <laughs> like, and Neil left. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. That's gotta be even freakier back then. Cause you have like even less access. Like I feel like now, you know, if you've got a cell phone, you're pretty connected to most things. You can probably make yeah. something work or you can contact whoever you need to contact. But like back then, like things like MSN yeah, fucking yeah. email are like very hit and miss. Cool. It's like, well, if somebody doesn't yeah. check their email. We have to do a rant episode. If the fans want to go mainstream, like it will, but uh, at least for the Patreon, this is why I always say subscribe. There's like so much stuff on the Patreon and we do it as cheap, more cheap than any other podcast out there. Um, and But I want to do a rant episode talking about the 90s and early 2000s and like, what it was like to go. I want to do an episode about emo shit because I want to. I just want to dress up like I was emo again. Oh, I yeah, just want to do, do it uh, for fun. And if we can get Billy to go along with it, that'd be very funny. Um, Billy kind of missed that era a bit, the era a bit. But let's get to it. So the first story: visiting Victoria Falls in Southern Africa is a dream for many. But twenty-two-year-old Aaron Langworthy, it turned into a nightmare. The Australian was uh, the Australian. She was bungee jumping off uh, the off Victoria Falls, uh, which is this. I would not want to be bungee jumping off of this. This looks frightening. <laughs> it is a massive waterfall. Uh, so yeah, that wouldn't be for me. Yeah, off this bridge while visiting Zim, uh, um, Z- uh, Zambia. I think that's did you say it like that? I could fucking butcher some of these. Z- Zambia. Yeah, no, like, that's a, that sounds right to me. Zambia. 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 In 2012, when the cord snapped and she plunged 364 feet, for all the listeners in the states, 111 meters uh, into crocodile-infested uh, Zamb. The Zambezi River below. She was swept down the swollen river with her feet still bound together by 10 meters, 30 feet of rope, and spent 40 minutes in the water until she finally managed to grab onto some rocks. And an employee of the bungee jump company pulled her onto the river bank. Lang, uh, Langworth, Langworth, Langworthy, what a weird last name. Uh, Victoria, uh, what's, your, what's your name? Aaron. Aaron was taken to Victorian Falls Clinic in Zimbabwe, and uh, but didn't reach the clinic until five hours after she jumped. Though her lungs were partially collapsed and her body was covered in bruises, Aaron didn't uh, suffer any serious injuries and returned home two weeks later. She had been the 106th person to jump off that bridge that day. And it was just not her lucky day. This is See, why I don't do this like, shit, Billy. Yeah. That's why I don't want to jump out of a plane, Billy. I, I nearly, I nearly done that a few years ago in Florida. Again, I think when I, when I was going there, that place just seemed like the wild west. So yeah. all those things seemed like good ideas to me. But I, I like in hindsight, I'm actually glad that, uh, I didn't do it because a guy that I used to, an American guy actually, who had moved to Ireland, like when he was like a kid yeah. with his parents, um, 
he was always like a kind of a skater dude and always like into that kind of like that kind of stuff if you if you get what i mean yeah. but it was never good enough to just like go to a, a skate thrill park and junkie he's a thrill junkie yeah like he was always a bit like you know oh well why would i go to a skate park when i can like jump off the side of this house on my board and i'm like why do you you, you always have to be that guy yeah. but he ended up anyway later in life he moved to Broke australia both of his fucking ankles and his his knees and oh no 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 this gets much worse <laughs> this gets much worse he went to Australia and he trained to be a skydiving instructor yeah, or whatever you call it. Like the guy who goes with people attached to him. Yep. Done that for years. And, um, like I want to say right before COVID he done a jump and something went wrong and he hit the ground and died with no parachute. Wow. See, this is why I don't want to do this, Billy. Cause he keeps trying yep. to, he was trying to influence me and be like, we're doing this for your bachelor party. I'm like, no. And he enjoyed fucking with me because I'm not a fan of heights. And he's like, I'm not, I'm scared of heights too, man. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not risking because I don't I have actually control. actually want to get married. That. Yeah. I don't have control. Like that's the idea, right? He's like, I love horror movies because I have control over that. Even messing around with the Ouija board to some extent, but, um, an episode for another time when we were, out uh, last week and I was on mushrooms, a little like a very light strain, but also I do them so often that my tolerance builds up so quick and we were watching the craft and then we were talking about our property, where we live, how long it's existed in this town, which is like forever. Um, and like what it was beforehand. And like we've uh, in the house that I'm in right now, a baby has died. A um, bunch of cat dead cats were found in this place and uh, like her dad took it over. Um, the next door neighbor just died recently, stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, that yeah. Sounds like bad juju. So then I was sitting there out back, and we're like, really? Our property stretches far back where the fire pit is, and then you can look back at the house. And I was just like getting creeped out. And I was like, man, I'm actually like creeped out. I kept, like, and I was tripping a bit still. And I'm like, man, am I going to see somebody like, walk by in the fucking bushes or some shit? And- I swear to God, like stuff like that, even as a, as a I guess what you would classify as a grown man yeah that stuff still makes me shit my pants if i get like i know especially once like in the future if you come over here we'll definitely have room to stay um sooner than later uh when we like start like renovating the house and stuff like that so it's it's gonna be a wild time um you should just move to canada you know people have made it work you know (laughs) you know what right i i was all up for canada and then i met you and you weren't really selling me on canada no, it's an authoritarian communist style country, but it's it's okay right now. It might get a little worse, but they're trying to turn your kids into something that they're not in schools. And yeah, it's not it's not fun here, especially in Ontario. It's uh, yeah, I'd like to just move bad. there and like just live on a property somewhere and just have nobody bother me. Listen, I will build a shack out back of my property. <laughs> you organize, you that, that, I would prefer the that than that have to like. <laughs> than have to like conform to any like weirdness no i and most canadians are against the same things that i am it's just gone too far and most most canadians have don't recognize their country anymore which is quite sad so let's get to the next one before we dive into some of the disappearances and who knows but this one's just fucked because i just want to mention it british uh tourist rochelle harris was on a flight back from a holiday in peru that i would love to go to peru that's where you get ayahuasca trips and you do stuff like that in 2013 when she began experiencing a powerful headache shooting pains in her face she also began hearing strange scratching noises 
and discharged from her ear. On returning home, 27-year-old Rochelle Harris paid a visit to the doctor. After initially blaming, uh, being blamed on maybe an ear infection, doctors soon discovered eight large maggots wiggling around inside Harris's ear canal. Ew, ew, ew. Want to see something really gross? That, for me, would just be, like... Because that's what I'm picturing. That's what they look like, really. Um, Do I have that? I, I Oh, I didn't save it. Man, they want... Oh, no, I wanted to freak you out that image. How did I not have it? I've fucking got an... I mean, so there's an image of, like, what maggots look close up, and it is disgusting. I couldn't even look at it. It was, like, making me feel ill. But it's pretty much like this. I'm pretty sure... The, the, uh, idea of that shit being like in your ear yeah i'm pretty sure that is a zoomed in thing of a maggot they look like that if you let google what a maggot looks like close up it is disgusting so she remembers walking through a swarm of flies while hiking on her vacation and one had been buzzing in her ear but um sorry i just lost my thing um but um, but um, but um, but um, uh, she and she remembers hearing this buzzing. But once she waved the flies away, she thought nothing more of it. The insects, a new world screw fly, which generally lays larvae in wounds of warm, uh, blooded animals. Once they hatched 24 hours later, the maggot chewed a 12 millimeter, half an inch hole in Rochelle's ear canal. Sick. Absolutely the ordeal terrible. didn't just, just cause any permanent damage, off. but chop my head Ooh. off, kill me. So fucked, man. All right. Um, do you want? To, I'll throw it to you for maybe the first disappearance on vacation. Um, I don't know who, who you have first, but is it one of the more famous ones? Um, yeah. Like I feel, I feel like upon looking at them, all of them are fairly famous. A lot more, yeah, a lot more famous than I thought. Oh yeah. Um, I guess we'll go with the, the, I don't know how you would pronounce it, Natalie. Natalie. Natalie Holloway. N- Natalie. Natalie. I, and I, I would, what would call you it pronounce Natalie. Natalie? Yeah. Natalie. 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 No, I knew a Natalie. She, okay. Natalie. I knew a Natalie when I was growing up and we go to the dances and stuff like that. And she was like one of those chicks that wore makeup before other chicks did. And um, she kind of reminded me of Verusa uh, Bulk or whatever from the craft. Oh, nice. Did you kiss her or anything? Um, actually, we're at one dance and me and my buddy <laughs> had a contest of who could get the most kisses. Um, and, okay. and I don't know why we're like teenagers. I'm like, I would get like really, if I find out about weed, I'll get really stoned. And I just remember like you'd be in a crowd of people. That's how our dances were back in the day. It'd be like a mosh pit of people trying to get into the dance. It was like dances, um, that were like sponsored by the community on like a, a week, a Friday night or whatever. Right. And, um, we had a bet to see who could get the most kisses. Well, my girlfriend at the time was outside and couldn't get into the dance and was drunk. And I was very high and kind of drunk. And then we went around and she was the only one that started wearing makeup and lipstick. So when I came out of the dance, I had lipstick all over my face and I could just hear her yelling drunk. And me and my friends were like, I got to get out of here. Hide me, man. Because <laughs> she saw me. And I was like, and all the like lipstick all over my face was not good. I was not a nice boy. 
That sounds pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a nice guy, though. But I was a teenager. Yeah, it's a bit rude, to yeah, be fair. It's very rude. Uh, not this, not Lido. You didn't know her, right? Uh, no. Maybe I did, That's though. That's okay. Um, she is very okay. good looking, though. She is. I'll give her that. Yes. I was going to say, going to start making a habit jokes and, like, really controversial things, but I think I'll just keep my mouth shut. She has uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty so, German ancestors. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know if she's German. Um, when Natalie Holloway, who was born in October 1986, went missing during a high school graduation trip to Aruba, it sparked an international frenzy with hundreds of volunteers, investigators, the FBI, Dutch soldiers, all united in their efforts to find the missing girl. Despite several witnesses of her whereabouts on the eve of her disappearance, she was never found and is currently presumed to be dead. Can I say something? Ten different. Can can we get that much of an effort for missing black children or indigenous women? You know, like can can we not? No, no, boring. Yeah, no, it's got to be interest. a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white woman to get, get the national guard involved. Yep. Um, ten different people were arrested during the investigation, but all were later released, and no one has been formally charged. Um, Natalie Holloway was reported missing on May 30th, 2005, after she failed to report to the airport for her trip to return home from Aruba. Her packed luggage and passport were found in her hotel room. Her classmates and friends reported last seeing her leave Carlos and Charlie's restaurant and nightclub Mm. with three locals, a 17-year-old, uh, I don't know how you pronounce this dude's name because he's pretty famous as well. Um, so this guy. for all the wrong reasons yeah that uh, I, I've i seen it pronounced like loads of different ways like Johan van der Sloot Johan sounds I think that's what it is um, and brothers Deepak Kalpo yeah I think that's a Deepak and Satish uh, the three men were questioned and said that they dropped her off at the hotel forcing police to eventually release them without more concrete evidence to the contrary but amid their subsequent changing stories and additional eyewitness testimonies, the men were each arrested several more times throughout the investigation. Van der Sloot has remained the primary suspect in the case. It is... I, it, I, they, I, like, I, this dude is... This dude is ballsy, right? I, I Like, we'll see it in a second, Like, but it just... <laughs> I just... I, I don't want to say a, I have to admire... She is a beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed lady. I just picture, like, what is it? And everyone's like panicking. It's like, what is it? Another, is it another black baby uh, missing? We don't got time for that. It's like, it's a, it's a beautiful cheerleading blonde, blue eyed woman. And everyone's like, all right, all hands on deck. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So it's just wild. Cause um, I know that like this happens often and nobody cares until it's, and I'll say that a, a white lady. <laughs> The, uh, the search for her was extensive. During the first few days of the search, the Aruban government gave thousands of civil servants the day off to help with the search efforts. Everybody find Dutch... this white lady. I'm being yeah, I know, right? I'm sorry. Um, 50 Dutch Marines were also deployed to the island to sweep the shorelines, and three Dutch F-16s were uh, specially fitted with infrared imaging devices to scan the land for fresh I'm dug, surprised they have freshly that. dug graves. The Dutch are which very is fucking, cheap. <laughs> but which is wild, like, that they went to that extent. Um, despite their efforts and over uh, $3 million spent on the invest- investigation, 
which is over 40% of the Aruban police operational budget. Her body was never recovered. So then In Aruba, her, they have Dutch people? Weird. Her, uh, her mother then, I think this is so... Um, her mother, Beth, has criticized the investigation, mm-hmm. which has been accused of alleged bribery, cover-ups, and corruption, and she I'm continues sure. to keep hope for the return of her daughter. She has since partnered in founding the Natalie Holloway Resource Center, which offers aid and support to families of those who have recently gone missing. Blah, blah, blah. Theories abound as to what has actually happened to her. Why uh, my theory? Vanders- Sex trade. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's a uh, beautiful white lady. And with she was 17 at the time. 17. As well. Yeah. That would, um, this is it's what they're say, looking for. Right? 86, 96. Sorry, no, she wasn't. She was a little bit older. Um, Which makes it even weirder. She was 19 and, and that Vandersloot dude was 17. Yeah, that's bizarre. Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, theories as to what actually happened. So, uh, Vandersloot changed his story of the events several times after stating that he and the brothers dropped her off at the hotel. He was later recorded saying that he and Holloway spent some time on the beach where he left her alone by her own will. In a later interview, Vandersloot claimed to have sold her into slavery and then afterwards recanted his testimony. Why In would you March say 2000- I know, it's Why fucking would you retarded. Say the dude, like, I, I really don't understand this dude. In March 2010, Vandersloot extorted $25,000 from Natalie's mother, demanding that she wire the money to his account in exchange for the location of Natalie's remains. After receiving the money, he revealed the location, but investigators found nothing there. And also, another little side note on that, $25,000 wasn't actually the amount he was looking for. That was uh, the deposit. He wanted 250 grand in total is what he was actually looking for. Um, I didn't even think you could get away with doing something like that. Uh, well, we know in Canada, if you listen to our, um, our episode on, um, serial killer, um, give me a sec, whatever, just keep going. It will come to me, but they paid a serial killer, um, uh, Clifford Olson, like money, thousands of dollars to find the bodies of his victims and I, th- like, as far as I'm concerned, I think the family did get it. Um, they might have withheld some of it, but they, like, he was like, if you give my, you give me this much money, I'll show you where the bodies are at. And he like, I th- I'm pretty sure if I can remember the episode correctly. He got away with it. Just, just, oh my I'll God, tell you where her body concept. is if you pay me. <laughs> so fucked. So, um, yeah, he, he demanded the, the money and he gave them locations, but they found nothing. Almost immediately after this, on May 30th, 2010, he was arrested. <laughs> this is fucking wild. He was arrested in Peru for the murder of a woman named Stephanie Flores, who it. was found strangled in, in his hotel room. After confessing to the crime, he was sentenced to 28 years in prison, after which he potentially faces extradition <coughs> to the US for an indictment on the extortion charges. There were many rumors about his dad's involvement, supposedly training to be a judge at the time. Apparently, he paid off two police officers. He rented a boat and got rid of the body in the ocean. That must be his dad. He ended, his, his, his dad actually ended up as the as a managing partner for the firm that represented him in court Weird. over the false detainments and stuff like that. 
The story of Andersloot is wild, involves multiple potential murders, drugs and human trafficking rings. In January 2023, 18 years were added to Vandersloot's sentence for trafficking cocaine while in prison. On June 8, 2023, which is not actually that long ago, but like two months ago, he was extradited to the United States to face trial for extortion and wire fraud linking to Natalie's disappearance. And that's the status as as it stands now. It's a wild case. I always knew about Natalie Holloway. I've heard about this case um, numerous times. It's sad. Like, I, 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 that's why I, it is sad, but I just want to make people aware and clarify that this happens all the time in Canada to indigenous women. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like, and it, they, there's like, especially in certain places, there's plastered posters and signs and stuff like that of all these indigenous women that constantly go missing. The RCMP doesn't do their job to do that, but they can freeze the bank accounts of uh, Canadians that support a peaceful protest. That's why I'm like, I don't like what's going on in my country and all that stuff. But even in the States, how many black children go missing? And then nobody cares about it. And it's like disturbing. And then as soon as it's some like beautiful blonde white lady, I get why people get mad and there's like dark jokes, humor about this. The fact that it is, and that's why I try to do it in my attempt is because it's sad that she went missing. She probably is either dead or is still in the, the sex ring being used to. Which is probably worse. Yeah. You get in, in eventually when me and Aaron do cover hostel on class forecast, that shit does happen. Maybe not to, I even think to probably a worse extent of what the torture and stuff like that. And some of mm-hmm. the, the things that they do, but that stuff is very real. And that movie, why I bring it up does show how they use like young, good looking dudes to kind of influence women, especially younger women, and bring like nineteen is still good. You're still fresh for another how many years in their eyes, not mine. But you understand like that eventually, and then you just either get killed or probably used for something as obscure as like cleaning up after certain stuff, and you know they or or what they do. Because sometimes I feel like they. Uh, it just sounds so grim, and this yeah. is not my opinion or whatever, but it's just the facts. I think. Is like, you know, like you said, you know, they, they take these girls when they're maybe 18, 19, yeah. you know, they've went on their first post high school, pre-college trip or something Don't like that. Don't know any better. And yeah, and they're like fresh, like you said. Yeah. And I think a lot of times after being used for however many years, they give them the out of like, hey, you can help us like recruit more and like we won't rape you a million times a day and whatever. So you can just be like... See, I was going to go even in a different way. Darker road is uh, they would use their organs eventually. Well, yeah. Because as much as people don't want to think about that, um, I've done enough research to know that that happens more often than anyone would like to admit. And that they use it's big business. Yeah, it's huge business. And that's why I do believe like um, eventually we're going to get into an urban legend episode. We're going to bring Brett and uh, and Billy together. I think it might be even Sawyer from uh, the Pine Size Conspiracy episode. It might be like a big thing of all four of us. And I was trying to do something that I, I we could have banter. It's it would be incoherent to try to do a structured episode without little stories involving in it. You know what I mean? Just doing a big encompassing case. We have four people on. It gets tough. 
uh, you know, to like kind of keep and, and especially with jokes and shit, some people are going to say. So there's one of the urban legends about how kind of like in Romania and places like that. And I had someone tell me this specifically and that their wife was on a phone with someone who saw this happen. So that's how I'm like, is this a, is it you tell me an urban legend? And I was like 1920 working in the restaurant industry. And it was the, we told the story. This is a, this bug, the guy that fucking changed the pest stuff and that they will cut the, they will cut the, you open and take your organs. And he said that his wife was on the phone with her friend in, uh, in, in Romania or some country like that. And she saw her son was out playing with uh, a ball. And then she saw the boy get like slit kind of up ear to ear, fucking stomach intestines. Like, and they just took what they could and then just fucking dart off in a van. And that now that I read the urban legend, I'm like, is this stories that people tell to kind of like, cause I was young and this guy was like, he heard me talking about the Illuminati and the reptilians. And he's the one that told me that if, uh, if you were to embody uh, a physical vessel, uh, a reptilian style humanoid body would probably be the best. I mean, the other side of me is I can't, in a way I can't help but feel like that all those urban legends come from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. They come from real stories, you know? Yeah. So it's like, huh? Yeah, because even watching the idea of that, even pre- uh, prepping to um, get into our I know what you did last summer series on class forecast, right? Like watching that, how they joke about it's fucking Freddie Prince Jr.'s joke about it's all uh, oh, urban legends come from a real story. Da, da, da. And I even said, I was like, is that true though? I mean, just were watching it. I was like, I don't know if that's true, but is it? And but I, yeah, I think that there might hold some truth to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that that's freaky. I like, I would like to think, oh, it's all bullshit. None of this happens, but... I don't know. It's hard to tell anymore what is real and what is not, you know? So let's get into the disappearance of Amy Lynn Bradley. It's a very bizarre story. It's very weird. Um, So Bradley was a 23-year-old woman from Virginia who was missing on a Royal Caribbean international cruise with her family on March 1998. Missing on a cruise ship is probably pretty scary, uh, to be honest. So, I, right, and this sounds really weird because they're supposed to be, like, terrible and, like, the most gross things ever. Mm -hmm. But I have this, like, um, one of my bucket list things is to do a cruise, like, from, uh, I don't know if it's like Miami or somewhere like that. Yeah. And do that like, is it like the Caribbean or whatever it is? I know we've talked about it uh, because even Chelsea is like, has heard that um, there, you know, that cruises can be pretty fun, you know? And I, I, I would love to do it once, but then I also hear a lot of stories about how when you basically step foot on a cruise ship, it's like the Wild West. So 100%. you've got to be prepared for literally anything to go wrong. So when I was younger and I was a chef, my dad's like, Oh, you should go like uh, work on a cruise ship. Like as a cook, it'd be cool. Like they're always looking and you get to vacation a bit. And then I talked to um, a chef, an older one. And he was like, don't do that. And I was like, why? And he's like, uh, they treat you like shit. You're on that boat for however long, a whole summer, sometimes a couple months where you're living on this boat and you're working for them and they and they know because you're not going to go back home for a long time they can treat you like garbage so like and that's just the, that's the cooks right so the people that are coming on the boat 
you know, you have everyone that's disgruntled and, and, and the stuff and the staff and, you know, and I'm sure they try to act pleasant, but I'm, I don't know. Uh, cruise ships seem kind of sketchy to me. And considering what we're going to yeah. talk about and how many people did go missing off of cruise ships or fell off or uh, anything, it's, it happens so often. It's wild. That always, and that's another thing about like, I, like I obviously love true crime and like, uh, strange and mysterious disappearances probably more than anything more i think i just become fascinated with like the idea of like uh how these things happen and it's freaky to me how many people have gone missing or just like disappeared from cruise ships and 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 disappeared in general cruise ships is a huge thing and i'm the same way right like that I try to put myself in their shoes. I've watched a lot of horror movies, I feel like, in my life. So I, I, I feel like I, I, I think about it in this very detailed, complex manner where I try to put myself in their shoes and, and try to think what it would be like to be walking at, alone at night on the cruise ship and, or you're drunk. Like you're kind of drunk just walking, and it's like, cool, and you hear like the water and stuff like that, and then you can just slip and fall. And then you're gone forever. Nobody's going to find you. And then you get eaten by sharks or God knows what. Or you just like, eventually you just like would be a dead body floating in the water. And then sink and then you're just that, fish food and you're gone forever. The, the idea of going overboard on a ship is frightening in general. But then the idea of going overboard off of a cruise ship at the dead at of night. night in the dark and shit. Oh, yeah. And no one that like no amount of screaming or shouting is going to like do anything and let's say you didn't die from the fall or whatever mm. then maybe still being coherent enough to watch that ship yeah go continue and, away and while you're just in the ship water is going, gone the it is pitch dark other than the stars above you it would be the scariest most frightening feelings in the entire world next to maybe being sex trafficked or some other horrible things, you now being in the house of a serial killer. But one of, one of a, a huge fear, I'm sure. You saying that they'll give me fucking chills. I know. Cause you think of like, even that movie, like the Titanic and how they're with a bunch of people and they try to display how like cold it is. First of all, because you, it, it depends where you are. It could be freezing. And then it's just like, once that boat is gone, the, all your source of light is gone. It's only the stars above that light, the what barely you can see in front of you frightening so uh yeah no. on the evening she disappeared uh bradley was at a club on the ship she had a drink with the uh, members of the house band after their set and then went off on her own about 1 a.m so very late according to one of the band members bradley was spotted by her father at 5 30 a.m it's the next day and he said she was asleep on the balcony of their cabin uh, by 6 a.m., Bradley had vanished. An hour later, this chick is gone. Um, at the time of her disappearance, the ship had been heading from Aruba to um, Kuwaiko. God, I'm going to pronounce this. Why can I not pronounce anything on this show? And I know how to pronounce this, but here, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to start Googling things uh, so I know. Caraco? Does that sound right? I'm gonna. I hate. I hate butchering this shit. Pronunciation. <laughs> so embarrassing. Um, I'm as bad. Like so, I can't really say anything. Okay. Curacao. God, I knew that because there's a fucking liquor called Curacao. God damn it. 
It just, it looks like something very different. And I remember like this is based out of of a, a liquor, a flavored liquor that's pretty good. They have different uh, flavors, and I used to call it Caraco. And it's Suricao. And I remember our brother being like, that's not how you pronounce it. We've been pronouncing it wrong for a long time. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Um, so the ship docked at the search for Bradley and began because they realized, oh no, another white woman is missing. Um, you know, and the image that they used on some of the FBI stuff is not appealing. In my opinion, they should have used a different image and maybe people would have cared more. I'm fucking kidding. Feel bad. It is sad that she went missing and frightening that she just disappeared off of a fucking cruise ship. What, what did you just say to her? I, I said that they should have used a better photo of her. Cause I was going to, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the heat for this one now and say what I was going to say a minute ago. <laughs> so that everyone will forget what you just said. <laughs> I was going to say, well, it's, it's one thing is for sure here. She wasn't sex trafficked anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, that's what we're all about. We're all about the dark humor. So I hope people like it. <laughs> uh, this is what you're here for. If you don't know that, you, uh, I don't know why you're listening at this point, <laughs> but we want all the fans that truly understand what we're doing to give us five star rating reviews and subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> so, um, she went missing uh, saying, uh, so after a pair of tourists, once they like docked, claimed to have seen Bradley in um, uh, Saracow, saying they recognized her tattoos, yet Bradley remained missing. In 1999, a Navy claimed to have encountered her in a brothel. So maybe she was a butterface where she's like had that rocking body um, God, I feel so bad. I can't be saying this shit on this episode. Um, this is a missing person and she's probably not alive to be honest. Um, it's very sad, but he said that she told her her name and asked for help, which is frightening. That sounds like she did get sex trafficked, um, or at least abducted and put into this brothel. Um, and I'm sure it's devastating to it, her family and hearing that. And she said she was being held captive there at this brothel. But, so for me, or right, could this I, guy I, be I, trying to get attention? This is a Navy man though. They should be honorable. Even though I don't know. Like I went pretty like deep into her story a couple of years ago. Like yeah. when they first came across her name and whatever. And like there's for me anyway personally there's a lot of like and I don't mean this is like um oh maybe we should look at like her family or whatever mm-hmm. per se but like there's a lot of little inconsistencies like where her parents said she was terrified of the open sea and she had to be convinced to go on the cruise in the first place yeah and she wouldn't walk up to like the rails her her dad and her brother had to like hold her by the arms so she could like look over because she was so afraid. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that she's, she, on the third or fourth night or whatever it is of the cruise, she, they party till, like, 4 a.m., and then she comes back to the room, and she tells her dad, oh, I'm not feeling well from, like, the motion. Yeah. So I'm going to sleep on the fucking balcony. That is bizarre. So all of a sudden, she's for, she's forgotten that she, like, is afraid or anything, and she, now I know when you're, when you're drunk and stuff, things can change like yeah. but to to do a complete 180 and be like i actually really like the ocean now and i i want to be drunk on the balcony asleep do you while think I don't feel that, that which is quite possible especially 
Um, God knows who's going on these cruise ships to find people. And like, it would, uh, thinking about, it could be quite easy in some regard for a, someone who is skilled at taking people, you know, like the movie taken. If, Cause you even look at that movie. It is based on how they can take women, and then he's trying to find his daughter. Phenomenal movie. I do enjoy it. Um, and him going after the people. But even you see how they even set that up. But I'm sure, you know, if you paid to go on the, a couple guys paid to go on the cruise, and then you kind of, like, watch certain people, and then you observe them, see what they're doing, what they act like. They learn cues of their emotional state, because uh, you can do that by looking at uh, it's many things that people physically do to show their mental state. And then you drug them, right? You get, you slip a drug in their drink. They think they're drunk. And then she passed out in the, the, you know, they follow her and just watch her from a distance. She passes out in public. And then to everybody else, she's just hanging on to a guy she knows or is married to, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like there's uh, there's so many weird things about this. Like then, that I all think these the cases dad was are the first one. Weird, dude. That like discovered that she wasn't on the balcony anymore or whatever. But then, uh, you know, they they said stuff about like um, between five thirty and six a.m. They know that she changed her clothes completely, mm. and that she took her cigarettes. Yeah, it's weird. And, and stuff like that. So it's like okay, so now you're saying she came back in from the balcony and got changed out of whatever she was in and took her cigarettes and stuff yeah. and left the room. And then like they had, you know, they docked and stuff. And apparently they went to the captain or whatever and said like, you know, our daughter's missing. You need to get on the, the loudspeakers or whatever and put a call out. And they were like, no, it's too early. We can't, we can't use the speakers. It's too early. And like they had docked and the family were like, okay, can we either back away from the dock right now or just make sure that nobody leaves the ship till we find out what's going on? And they were like, no, no, it's all good. And, just, and they just let people disembark. Yeah, I know. So, I'm... And, and, and I'm not saying that the, the, the cruise lines are involved, but like part of me has to wonder, like, is there a bigger, like you mentioned, Taken? And that kind of gives you a slight, I know it's obviously a Hollywood movie, but it's like glimpse into potentially how big those ah, circles go. You know, okay, get this, okay, right, right. Think about this conspiracy corner, all right. You get you get like Jeffrey Epstein money, you know. You fucking you're you're a philanthropist, and you just make tons of money doing very shady things that are all connected to very powerful people. You buy a nice big boat, you know, say like a cruise ship. You name it something fancy, and then. You know, you just make people disappear. Not as often where they people would ask questions, but enough where you can make a good income from it. You know, I'm sure there's gonna yeah. scare people out of going on vacation or on cruise ships, and I hope it does because this shit is fucking bizarre. How often that happens, especially on cruise ships or on vacations in places you don't know in general. Like Madam uh, Madeline yeah. McCain, uh, right? That's her name, McCain, McCain, uh, McCann. Uh, McCann. Like you said, that is just the surface. They focus on one small case. I said this at work because we were getting into this episode, and they focus on these little one case of this one person going missing. Yet it happens by the thousands. 
Well, in, yeah, in one sense, like, because a lot of people say, yeah, but if if there was, if there really was these rings or these, like, 85,000 children groups, are missing at the point. They know that. that like, groups, yeah. that groups do this or whatever, you know, why, why would they let it become so um, international and widespread? And I was like, think about this for a second, right? If you're trafficking hundreds of thousands of people and children, right, mm. and one case gets so much press, like, to the point where it just floods everything and, like, it still does to this day. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good distraction. Yes, it might be about the things you're doing, but they haven't a fucking clue. No, so it, you yeah. can just continue on. I have to look this up if this is factual, but I don't know what is factual anymore because every internet service is probably lying to you and giving you articles that are based on fabrications. Um, but the person, I heard that the person that created the Amber Alert was connected to the Clintons and it's actually a big distraction tool because if you, if you, if the Amber Alert worked and you were actually, if they, it, they were actually tracking the amount of children that went missing even around your area or in certain places, it would be like every hour. How often that's how often children go missing. So it would be like, Which is like once a week. You know what I mean? If you were in your area, um, it's in your province, in your state, in your country, it would be like more often than you could even imagine, which is, it should frighten people. And like I've said before, the sound of freedom, um, I have yet to watch it. I actually really want to, um, I've heard good things, but there's one point that I need to make is, is it leading to any arrests? No, it's making people aware that this stuff happens. We already know if you understand this fucking planet that we live on or whatever the fuck it is that this happens too often, it shouldn't happen as often as it does. It happens more often than you could even imagine. And that putting a movie out there is not cha- it's not leading to anybody's yeah. arrest. Where the fuck's That's the what, black like, book? Uh, <laughs> that was the thing I, I, I found was like when everybody was talking about all this shit about like the air conditioning, like going and all the theaters. Yeah. And, oh my God, I can't see Sound of Freedom, the conspiracy. And I think people were more interested in like the TikTok conspiracy about like why I can't watch this movie yeah. than... Hold on a second. Like, they didn't invent the wheel here. No. Like, did anybody go to see that movie and go, trafficking is real? What? I know. Hmm? Exactly. Is that I've that, that dude, this. the dude that is um, the main character of that movie, um, um, I can't remember his name. But, yeah, if you want to look it up quickly, I just want to mention that uh, he's uh, a little bit of a sketchy character that seems to be telling these outlandish tales. And the weirdest thing is, of quite strange, is that he was doing one interview and um, he was wearing a Masonic tie. So I saw people like in the, in the known, in the know, people that try to be very aware of all sides of stuff, um, we're calling it the sound of Freemasonry. There is, there is something uh, weird about him though. Yeah. I, I think I really think that this is being used as another distraction away from, oh, everyone's aware of it. Yeah. Okay. We're all aware of it. And, and, and you know, but nothing's being done about it. We should have, we, people should be standing up in like the millions to be like enough of this. Why is this happening? But we don't. And, and there's no explanation for Ghislaine Maxwell. She got arrested for trafficking to no one because of the episode. I just want to bring this stuff up because it's, I, I want people to realize that, like, yeah, we're aware of it now. Okay, now what do we do? Yeah, because it can't just be that. People like, it can't be just a flash in the pan. Yeah. 
Just like the when we talked about David Grush and all that shit. Is that his name? And the UFO shit. It's just like they... And I said this, that's probably a distraction. He gives you no fucking evidence. It's just a, a statement from a guy that is an insider and worked for the government. So we're just supposed to believe his fairy tales of shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. While providing no evidence. You know? So it's quite bizarre. I miss, like, it's, it, it pisses me off because it, it's happening at such a large scale and, and I believe it's being used for stuff like adrenochrome. People don't believe that shit. Fine. I don't give a shit. It's dangerous what is happening and it's been happening for a very long time. And now people are like aware of it. Okay. The first step is awareness. I understand that. But now what we're going to actually, you know, protest in the millions and we're demand who Jeffrey Epstein was trafficking to. Oh, we can't because they're controlling the world that you live in. Dum dums. <laughs> so on, on the episode of Dr. Phil Bradley's parents, said that there had been sent a photo of a woman that could have been Bradley via anonymous sender. In the photo, the woman is scantily dressed, which adds fuel to the theory that Bradley was kidnapped and sold into sex slavery. Um, and then we'll get to the next case quickly. I just want to see if I can find that image. I don't know if they would show it. I did look for image. Oh, I found it. Um, which image is that? She's not, she's scantily dressed. I'm trying to pull it up. It looks kind of like shit. Oh, yes. The the image of her on the bed. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm trying, freaky. this computer doesn't let me save. Uh, there we go. Um, it's, looks like her, but she kind of looks like she's having a good time. Um, it's fucking, I don't know. This is fucking scary here. Let me find it. There it is. Um, I just want to pull up this for everybody on the, the video side of things. Okay. Um, let's look at this. Okay. Look at what they did to her in the progression of what it's, it's a missing person photo. And then they excel it to what age she could be at now. And they gave her no, 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 no chin, no nothing. She get, she, they gave her like her head is the size of her neck and it looks kind of scary. She looks like a worm a bit. They didn't do a good job. <laughs> Do you see what I'm seeing? Is that bad to say? In the middle one, she looks like those fucking, those warm dudes out of Men in Black. I know. That's what I'm saying. They didn't do a good job because she's not like, it her, it, they made her head look the si same size of her neck. Is that part of the conspiracy, Might Tom? Be. And this is the picture. Mm -hmm. It's bizarre. It's scary. Yeah, it is. It looks just like It her. does look, yeah. And the it teeth does look even. A lot like her. That's kind of frightening. Um, and... I don't know. You can kind of see in her eyes that. She's a little bit of a wonky eye yeah. and it looks like she has that same wonky eye. Yeah. But even her, eye, you can tell that she's like, it seems like if you read like mannerisms, body language, it looks like she's kind of like, it looks like she's uncomfortable, but being like, it looks like she doesn't like what's going on. I think that might be her. And that is fucking frightening. That and it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I'm sure, it like you know, there's people that prefer kids and shit like that. Fucked up, okay. But I'm sure there's people that prefer like other shit too. It's a big business, the sex trade, you know. And I'm sure that sometimes it doesn't matter really what you look like because you're just a body to be used. Here, here's a question, right? Other than. 
Like obviously, I know kids is is a is a different thing in itself. A lot more expensive. Do, if you look up hot dogs do, and what they're worth. Do dudes ever get abducted? I don't know. I'm sure they do. I'm sure little boys do, which is fucked up. But I'm I'm yeah. But I, I'm I'm talking about like you know when we go into like the 17, 18, 19 year old guys. I'm sure they look like a fucking. That's something I'd like to to look up at some point yeah. and see. Like, is that actually a thing? Yeah. Because I feel like there's, uh, like, the world is so fucked that, like, I don't know if you could find something. We could probably sit here and try and think of the most bizarre, random thing. Yeah, yeah. And it would it And then, occurred. like, you would Google it or whatever, and, like, you would find it. There's, like, a whole community that, like, adore. I'm sure that younger men have gone missing. I feel like it's slightly harder. It sounds bad, but there's a big difference between men and women if people haven't paid attention to it. I don't know if I don't know, oh, really? I don't know if that's a thing. I don't think I think this is a new thing, it is, is it? It's it's very new. Uh, uh people for centuries have been believing that they can just identify as a fucking banana and then they were like they turn like into some soft mush thing that you peel away and you eat like a fucking monkey. That's a weird analogy. <laughs> but um that you know, you would think that like you would be more I don't know, men, even younger men, um they it, I feel like it'd be a little harder to try to kidnap them uh, because there is physical strength. Even if you're like, if you're a fat dude, nobody wants you, but if you're a good looking, this sounds bad, but if you're a good looking, like strong, like, you know, or even skinnier, younger dude, you, I don't know. I feel like men are more uh, inclined to punch you in the face. You know what I mean? They're more like, they will get mm. aggressive. We have testosterone. So it will like, you'll end up getting like aggressive and angry. And then your fucking nose is bloody. You know, I try to pick up this yeah, kid yeah, as yeah. a younger kid when they're, a week, you know what I mean? You get someone like The Rock, which I think he's involved with some shady shit I've heard. You know, a big, strong guy. You know, he'll be able to take him on. But I feel like it's definitely... I, I, I think that exists, for sure. Younger men, because, like, people have preferences, right? And then you're selling people, right? So, like, it could, you know, if you want a little bit of this or a little bit of that, they're, I'm sure they have all sorts of things. They probably have, like, the fat room. You know, Henry Kissinger goes in there. You know, <laughs> stupid. All right, next story. Because this is like so deep. Freaky. Um, let's see. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over one and come back to okay. it. Um and we're gonna kind of keep with the theme to a degree. So obviously the first case I covered was set in Aruba, and it looks like we're going. I didn't realize how freaky uh Aruba is turning out to be. So uh, this is a story of Robin Gardner, Gard Gardner. Yeah, it's Gardner. Gardner. Um, on the second of August, two thousand and eleven. I could understand why she might be trafficked. Now, she's a good-looking woman. Just she is. I, you know what? Right. I don't. I don't want to say similar to Natalie Holloway, but like again, it's like the the blonde hair, like okay, the yeah, slim. Yeah. You know that slim kind of. Whatever. There's Robin. Um, there's Natalie. Natalie, and then Robin. You know, they're mother and daughter. <laughs> um, Conspiracy. Thirty-five <laughs> year old Robin Gardner had been staying with her boyfriend Richard Forrester at his house in Maryland, United States. She had a nice life. She loved to travel. Loved her two cats, Kobe and Toonsy. 
and enjoyed shows like The Real Housewives of New York. Richard and Robin had decided they would like to live together and had just started looking for a new home. On the 31st of July, Robin told Richard she was going to Florida to see her parents. They lived in Florida, so it was a trip she frequently made. Before she left Maryland, Robin and Richard had an argument. Robin went to Florida, but she didn't intend on staying there. From there, she flew to Aruba, and she wasn't alone. She went with a 50-year-old businessman called Gary Giordano. Must be this guy. I think I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, apparently, he paid for the trip. Robin had known Gary for over a year. They had met online. She, he asked her to go on several different trips with him, but she said no every single time. However, the Aruba trip was different. She decided to say yes. She had recently lost her job as a patient coordinator in the dental office and wanted to clear her head. Robin's friend, Christina Jones, wasn't happy about the trip. Christina saw text messages Gary sent Robin when she turned down the trip on a cruise previously. On that occasion, she went to New York instead with Richard and Christina said Gary flipped when he found out. Even after Robin was aware of this side of Gary, she trusted him and she thought that the breakaway would do her good. They arrived in Aruba on the 31st of July and checked into the Marriott Hotel. Guests at the hotel and on the island saw them at different locations. They went to the beach, different bars, restaurants and a casino. Two days after they arrived on the 2nd of August, Gary and Robin went to the Rum Reef Bar and Grill in the Baby Beach area of the island. At the bar, Robin and Gary ordered food. a bunch of like diapers and like... Baby straw. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know why you would call it that. I don't know. It's a bit strange uh, of a name. Um, at the Bar and Grill, they ordered food, but Robin ate only a small bit of a salad. The waitress at the restaurant described Robin as being woozy and potentially appearing severely intoxicated. She was wearing a dress and had her hair and makeup done. Like they left the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, big time. They left the restaurant after 4 p.m., uh, a photo was taken just before they left, and the timestamp was 4.12pm. Just two hours later, a little after 6pm, Gary returned to the same restaurant. He tapped on the shutters and then went around the back of the restaurant, where the kitchen was, and he asked them to call for help. He appeared calm and said that he needed the police, that Robin was not with him. Police arrived at the restaurant and spoke to Gary. They noticed he was sweating profusely at the time. There was a scratch on his neck. He told the police that he went out snorkeling with Robin and then he noticed the currents were getting strong. He tapped her on the leg, indicating they should swim back to shore. But before he reached the shore, he lost sight of Robin and then he said he ran to the restaurant to get help. So straight away, that's like all red flags for me. I'm like, hmm, sounds yeah, a bit suspicious. It is like, the, all these cases are like disturbing. And wild, uh, because they're cases that are focused on, and I'm sure this happens way more often than these famous cases of people that obviously had people that cared about him. But like looking at the images and like just like this one, uh, she's like staring at the camera and this sort of relaxed, very like happy pose. It is like creepy and like disturbing to think that she is either no longer alive, she's probably dead somewhere. Um buried in the ground you know or what's more likely um is she's been used for her body for years 
and destroyed where you mentally break down and eventually have like some sort of Stockholm syndrome and you have to accept your fate. And the more it persists for even years, the more your mind would just try to rationalize it the best it could and try to live like it's wild what your mind will do. But this is why these things, and when we especially when we get the missing 411 and all that stuff, cases of disappearances have always like creeped me out you know if you're if somebody finds a dead body you know that they're dead you can kind of come to you know you can come to some sort of closure with that but somebody that is like just disappeared off of the face of the earth off the internet off of especially nowadays you know is freaky yeah it's like and again like this is another one where um like apparently the police the police took him out on a helicopter to look for um he pointed out the area where he last saw her. A huge search took place. More than 60 officials, FBI agents, um, Aruba riot cops, volunteers searched the area along the coastline. They found nothing. No trace of her was ever found. As so police crazy. questioned Gary further and examined the details in the area, they found some inconsistencies in the account he provided in that two-hour window. According to Gary, the explanation was a simple one. They decided to go snorkeling and she drowned. He said that she had taken sleeping pills earlier that day, had two glasses of vodka at the hotel before they went to the bar. But there were a few things that didn't make sense to anybody. Gary did not get back into the water. He didn't try and find or help Robin, even though he was a licensed scuba diver. He went to the restaurant to call for help instead. When he got to the restaurant, he had no top on, was wearing sneakers and his toupee. <laughs> he did not appear to be in any urgency to get help when he reached the restaurant. Nobody saw Robin or Gary snorkeling that day. In fact, a man on the beach said they did not go into the water at all that afternoon. A man who was fishing that day said that he saw them walk along the reef at 4.22pm, around 10 minutes after they left the restaurant, but he said they did not get into the water and they drove off and he never saw them return. The police uh, obtained surveillance footage from the area. They said they found it difficult to identify Gary in the footage that they had access to. Um, as he had different hair pieces on at different times. <laughs> Surveillance video showed Gary in his rental car parked at the back of the bar and restaurant. The Toyota RAV4 had tinted windows, so no one else in the vehicle could be identified. He parked the car at the back of the parking lot twice. Blood was found on a rock behind the dive shop um, at the Rum oh, Reef we know who did Bar this. and Grill. <laughs> the dive shop was around 100 yards from where Gary said they Dad went snorkeling. The car was cleaned when he returned it to the Star Rental at the airport. Police were unable to obtain any evidence from it, but the rental agent said they didn't notice anything unusual. As police investigated further, a sinister picture began to emerge and a possible motive for murder. It was reported that the police obtained surveillance footage of a fight between both of them. According to reports, the video showed them engaged in a violent fight that resulted in Gary putting his hands around her throat and forcing her into the elevator at the hotel before she went missing. Prior to the trip, a couple of restraining orders had been obtained against Gary from previous relationships in the US. Police also discovered that an American Express travel policy for the sum of 1.5 million had been taken out on Robin, which Gary was named as the sole beneficiary. 
But the alarming part about that was just two days after she went missing, he had sought on several occasions to redeem it. He called four times in a row to try and redeem it. And the agent notified police and told them that he seemed excited, like he was about to win a prize. A couple of days after she disappeared, he tried to leave Aruba and return back to the United States, but he was stopped and detained by local police. They found explicit photos on his phone of Robin. He spent four months in prison in Aruba. He was arrested for suspicion of murder, manslaughter, kidnapping and fraud. However, he was not charged. A judge ordered his release due to insufficient evidence. When he was released, he returned to the US. Police today believe that Robin is dead, but to date, no trace of her has ever been found and nobody has been charged with the crime. That's wild. Um... When it's clearly like, I mean, I'm sorry, but you definitely do it was it. definitely him. <laughs> definitely. Um, uh, part of me wonders if like, I don't know, there's, I'm sure this happens. Um, uh, but if there's people maybe like him, um, that get paid from traffickers, you know, you live in Florida or whatever, and then you're some, you influence women to take trips with you and then he kind of like gives them over to these traffickers in certain places, which he's visited. You know, uh, I've, when I went to Cuba, uh, when I was 19, um, a lot of sketchy characters were working out resorts, a lot of fucking weird people. Um, and shady dudes trying to sell you like fucking weird ass cigars. And, you know, like I, I knew it. I always wonder about that. Like what's, what's the intention here? Because I used to think of it like, oh, this is just like dudes trying to peddle some bullshit to make some money. Yeah. But now I feel like that there's a deeper level. It's like, okay, what what is this shit you're giving me? What's well, the intention here? Is yeah. it for me to be like all drugged up so you can like fucking rob me or something or like, you know, kidnap my fucking girlfriend or some shit? I'll tell you stories on the Patreon sometime in a rant episode if you remind me about Cuba. Uh, but one story I can tell is uh, that I, we knew these Canadian dudes from like Montreal or something like that. And we talked to him a couple of times, like older dudes, but funny and shit like that. And in their forties and we're like in our twenties and they went off the resort to get weed. They were promised uh, 10 grams of weed for a hundred dollars, which is like, it's, it's a gram for gram, but over there, obviously that's, I'm sure what they would have charged. Um, and then, so they go down to Havana and meet up with some guy and then they say, don't open till you get back to your resort. Like, don't open it till you get back to your hotel. Don't, like, don't look at it or whatever. And he's like, it's in the bag. And then so they got back to the hotel and, like, they told us the whole story. And they're like, we fucking opened the bag and it was a towel wrapped in, like, grocery bags. And I'm like, I'm sure this happens all the time. I bought some cheap, I bought some cigars on the beach, didn't know any better. And I couldn't take them on the plane because they were, like, uh, opened already and shit. So people yeah. are fucking sketchy. I'm going to go through this one quick just cause I find this one kind of interesting. This is, um, uh, sister, uh, Alina Christie. Uh, I just want to make sure I don't like, I'm going to try to not mispronounce words. Um, uh, Aline. I, I, oh, it's Eileen. Just, I don't know what things are spelled with ease and shit. It's just like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like, um, it should pronounce, I don't know. We, we suck at pronouncing stuff on this show. Um, everyone should be used to it, uh, by now. I think this is Eileen. 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 Let me 
Eileen, right? Eileen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck. I, I just think it's funny. I wish. Um, I don't know. I think the people on the audio will hear me listen to that thing. Where it's like, how do you pronounce this? Eileen. So Sister Eileen Christie, uh, 72, was a Roman Catholic nun and teacher of theology. That's interesting. Who left New York in 2016 for a European vacation. Along her way, she kept in contact with a nephew from home via email. Uh, last time her nephew heard from Sister Christy, that's a, that's a fun name, Sister Christy, uh, she informed him <laughs> that she had checked into a hotel at Hallstatt, Austria, um, a village near the Alps. After being reported missing, authorities searched in, uh, the hostel. Most of her belongings, including her passport, her cell phone, and her wallet were all left behind. Her phone camera revealed images and video suggesting she was having a wonderful time. I have pictures of this. Not, oh, this is the, oh, I, it's the only picture I could find of her. Um, I don't think she was trafficked for sex um, unless somebody wanted uh, somebody to fold your laundry and put your clothes away and, and you know... Is that rude? Is that rude? Because it would. No, I was just gonna, like, uh, Jesus Christ! If that if she got trafficked for that reason, then Christ, I don't want to even see who <laughs> was at the other end of that. A number of strange circumstances surrounding the nun's disappearance that failed to add up. One of the only missing items from her room was her swimsuit. And this is why I want to bring this up, suggesting she may have drowned while taking a swim. Yet, Sister Christie frequently swam during her travels. She was a great swimmer, which she, you know, frequently took to this area, Austria, over many years. Uh, her familiarity with, and experience with the village makes her more likely she was taken. Yet, no major suspects have arrived or arisen. But I just want to bring it up because part of me thinks, who knows what could happen you know, while you're swimming, her swimsuit was the only thing missing, which means she was wearing it, which means like, but who's trafficking some 72 year old nun? Like what would be the purpose in, in, in you know, overpowering her and all the effort it would take to kidnap her? I feel like she drowned. And that's even a creepy thing of like, everyone thinks they're trafficked and like something really bad happened to them. And then it's just like, they just drowned. Something like a big wave went over and, which is equally as shit and scary in a way. Yeah, it is. But I heard drowning's peaceful. Would you rather burn to death in a building, say in Maui, from a direct energy weapon? I know some people don't think that's the case, but very strange circumstances considering trees were not burnt down. Um, but this will be weeks out after, hopefully. They're rebuilding the smart city after this, so be prepared. <laughs> um, but would you rather burn in a fire, like Freddy Krueger in some boiler room, or drowned? I mean, I guess drowns, but I sure you just like lose oxygen slowly, and then I've also heard it's terrifying. Some do people we, say it's peaceful. Some people say it's terrifying. But how would we know unless you actually died drowning? You know. But the people that actually passed out, maybe got saved, they could tell you. We should get someone. Has anyone drowned? Um, uh, email me at strangerupodcast at gmail dot com. Oh, also, I, I have to. We have to do an episode about how I got an email. Uh, from a guy that knew Wild Bill quite well, and that Wild Bill blamed him for stuff. 
uh, which we'll do a Patreon episode or even just a rant episode for the main show so I can explain this. Uh, but as we said on later episodes, we thought that he was probably stringing us along and telling us bullshit. Oh, he was. He definitely was. Uh, of course. Fi- Good old one. I know I Bill. figured that. Brother Bill. Yeah, I had to delete him from everything and block him so he wouldn't try to contact me or any of the people Yeah, he I found my personal Instagram yeah. and stuff somehow. I'm not sure how he found that. Yeah, but. scary stuff. So we'll talk about that on a episode for either the main show or Patreon. Um, I got, I think, two or three more small ones. Um, do you want me to take on one more? Whatever you want. I have two okay. more. Okay, so... so Let's get into this one. It's not too long. This is uh, an interesting one. Um, Poor John Hallford, a well-liked guy of 63. He owned and operated a a popular book and gift shop in England. In March of 2011... Uh, just before he and his wife were celebrating their 25 years of marriage, he went along on a cruise to Egypt. That actually sounds pretty fun. Um, eager to fulfill his lifelong dream before arthritis made it impossible. I, I already have carpal tunnel, man. I don't want arthritis. My grandma had bar- bad arthritis. What does that mean? That you have, like, you just like live like this, like you can't move your arms and legs or anything. Yeah. Like your fingers and stuff. Like one of my grandparents and like her fingers are like yeah, my grandma's like fingers took look like that too before she died. My, well, I think I have. Uh, so I broke this time doing jiu-jitsu, yeah. and I'm pretty sure I either fractured or broke the other tom, and I have um, carpal tunnel in both of them. Yeah. So I have bad carpal tunnel. That's cool. I can't wait to have fucking Hulk hands. Yeah, me too. We'll do years. it together. We're trying to podcast. I'll, like I'll we'll have AI technology by then that could like control the whole show by voice commands. Uh, so yeah, he's going like before arthritis, I guess took over his hands and off he went. He had an amazing time all while texting back home about his adventures and taking photos and videos of the sites on uh, one night before the ship docked. Harold sent his, uh, Hallford sent his wife a text regarding his flight information. Planning to meet him at the airport, uh, airport John Hall, uh, Hallford was practically on uh, her way. Oh, Hallford's wife uh, was planning. She's on her way the next day. Uh, when she got a call from her husband uh, that he had vanished from the cruise ship. Another person that just vanished out of nowhere from a cruise ship. Um, uh, she suspects that John fell from the ship and a theory supported by the fact that he was seen drinking cocktails near midnight, so he's already been drinking all night, and you're having more cocktails. If intoxicated too close to the ledge, he might have just had a bit of bad luck. And if that is the case, if that, if that happens more often than what we think it does, um, that's wild. That, that, that you can just be drunk and just be like looking at the side of the, the thing, and then you just fall off. Like That's kind of frightening. We're not going ever on a cruise ship because I don't want to fall off. Okay? Uh, a little. Now, the other side of that is if you dig a little bit more into his story. Yeah. Uh, so he, some people may wonder why, if he's a married yeah. man at that age, why he's taking a trip to Egypt on his own. Yeah, because he's on his own, right? Which is, that's bizarre. So apparently he decided to take the trip alone. He spent £6,000 taking the trip. 
after their marriage uh, came into severe difficulties. Ah, uh, did he commit suicide? Did he not alive himself? And then... He's an old and dude. And it's weird, right? Uh, because, he, yeah, because they said that, like, um, you know, he, he drank cocktails and shit, but then his wife was like, um, I only ever knew John to drink beer and stuff like that for the entire time I've ever And known somebody him, saw which him. Which was like 40 years at that so point. So if that is true, or if they're just mistaking him for, a, for another old man, uh, could be possible because he looks like your average white old man, not going to lie, with suspenders. Or or maybe, you know, who knows, maybe he was like, you know what, let me try some cocktails before I throw myself off this ship. Yeah, t- try something delicious, you know, because like even as I get older, like beer is not my thing anymore. I still love drinking beer, but, you know, it's I'd rather something a little more tasty that also can get me kind of a little buzzed. Um, but I think there's probably, you know, a there is a... More evidence, I feel like, to say that he probably, their marriage got rocky, maybe they're fighting all the time, she was threatening of leaving him, he's an older dude, Um, he's 63, he looks like he's 75, Uh, you know, and then he's just like, fuck it, and then like, goes on his dream vacation, and then commits suicide there, or whatever, right? I'll show that bitch, yeah. you know, like, yeah, like it's, it's weird. Cause like his, his wife was quoted as saying, um, Ruth Halford described her husband, John, uh, like the following. He was happy, certainly not depressed, enjoying his cruise and meeting people, but definitely looking forward to getting home again to be with me and the children. Although we had some difficulties, it wasn't anything that was super notable. The last known facts about, um, Mr. Halford indicate that he was last seen on board the cruise ship at 11.45 p.m. the night before he disappeared, drinking cocktails in the bar when the ship was approaching its final port. But when the ship reached the port and the passengers were disembarking at 7 a.m., there was no trace of him. I don't know, it's bizarre. Maybe he just had enough, you know? Maybe he's like, I fucking hate these kids. They're ungrateful brats. My wife won't suck my wiener anymore. I'm done. I go to Egypt, and I'm gonna drink cocktails, and I'm gonna suck a guy's dick, and then straight away jump to me, off the fucking cruise ship. Straight away to me, that's fucking spooky. It is bizarre. Egypt. Yeah, I would. I would love me to too. go to to Egypt. That's on a, the bucket list for me, but uh, ooh, too spooky. Yeah, let's go, and we'll go to the same uh, chamber that Alistair Crowley went, and we'll invoke. Um, the demon. Six, six, six. If I go, I'm dressing like fucking um, Brendan Fraser as Rick O'Connell. Okay, I'll be that other guy that has the messed up eye. I'd be like, you're on the wrong side. Or I, I got all the horses. Oh yeah, Benny. Um, fucking Benny. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. dress up like him. I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll tan with that little fucking um, fez. What's that called? <laughs> fez. Fez. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I want to get one. Of it them. is bizarre, and it is. His case is just like, I don't know, I, a lot of, I think that, I think that he committed suicide. A, that's the, nobody's taken him, unless somehow he like, something happened, who knows, right? He's out and he's doing something, he has a heart attack, maybe they can't identify him, anything like that, right? All right, bring it, bring it in there, bro. Um, I guess I'll, I'll. 
I was going to structure it differently and do this one right at the end, but I, I think it kind of ties in with this because it happened like, I think within like two or three weeks of actually, and I didn't know you were doing this guy, mm. but this case also happened at the same time. As John um, Hallford? Which is, oh, yeah. yeah, around the same time. Um, <coughs> The case of Rebecca, I, I don't know, how do you pronounce her, her surname? Coriam? Oh, I know what you're talking about. C- oh. C-O-R-I-A-M. Coram? Coram? Yeah. Something like that. Oh, nice. I had that written anyway. down. So, um, yeah, I have two more left. Sick. Three, three if you count my little small Asian one. Not That's not kidding um, that an Asian penis or anything like that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, on March 22nd, uh, 2011, while working aboard the Disney Wonder cruise ship off the coast of Mexico... 24-year-old Rebecca suddenly disappeared. To this day, her case remains unsolved, but it's far from the only one. Since the 1980s, the cruise industry has enjoyed steady growth in popularity and revenue. Massive, floating, self-sufficient cities headed towards exotic destinations have been a huge draw for vacationers for several decades now, with no signs of the draw waning. However, such a world of leisure and luxury is not without its shady underbelly. Since 2000, there have been 313 documented cases of people going missing from cruise ships. In the past, what is it, past year? No, since 2000. Okay. That's only, that's only properly now fully fleshed out, like documented yeah, cases. There's know, much more than yeah. that. Um, And of those ones, less than 10% have been resolved in any way. And because cruise lines are not legally required to make public every case of a person who goes missing or goes overboard, it is estimated by most of the industry that only around 15% of such cases are actually documented and become public via the media in any way. That's like thousands of people. Yeah, basically. That's scary. I'm not going on a cruise ship. The case of Rebecca... Yeah, I know, right? Because I, I really want to, but then at the same no, time, it looks nice, but me. no, and, even and like if eh. shit starts to happen to you, like because I even think, right? Even as a as a dude, um, and I don't even mean about like getting sex trafficked or anything, but like let's say you're on a cruise ship and there's like I don't know, a, a group of like fucking weird, like creepy, aggressive. Let's say, um, the. R- Let's say both of, you, both of you guys decide, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a cruise for our honeymoon. Yeah. And you're having a good time. And there's all like, you get this group of like creepy fucking like. Russians? Dominican dudes or fucking weird dudes, whatever. And they're like coming on to your new wife. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, haha, you know, we're all good. Fuck off. Like, there's nothing stopping you from getting fucked up there and then her being taken. No, and, and like, that's why I was saying when I was like in Cuba, West. it was creepy, these Russian dudes. I end up grabbing my buddy's balls um, and then, like, squeezing. Weird, they What they said to him, so they, we, they, we kept seeing these Russian guys. There's three of them, and I think they were definitely, like, gay and into some weird shit. Um, and they kept, like... They'd be like, you crazy Canadians, and I wear a bandana and shit because I'm a fucking wannabe thug. And then so they would, like, rub the top of my fucking head and shit, and, like, as they walk by, and they would just do creepy shit because we were, like, all looked fairly young, right? We were, like, 19, 20. Um, And then 
when my buddy is like this, the funniest dude ever. He's like, yeah, I'll post some pictures from Cuba. I'm gonna, I was going to do it to the Strange Brew account, show like a younger version of me throughout the years. Um, and they, uh, my buddy Mike was like this tall, like gangly kind of fucking ginger dude. And they came up behind him and they were like, you're not that good looking, but you have beautiful balls. Cause he's been wearing gym shorts the whole time, the whole fucking uh, vacation. Very funny though. He would one day be wearing red gym shorts with a red shirt and a red hat, like a baseball cap. Then the next day it'd be a yellow uh, gym shorts, yellow shirt. And yeah, I don't know how he co- coordinated all these outfits, but every day he would be in these pure blue green outfits. I don't know where he got all this from, but every day it'd be a different color. And then, so he's always wearing basketball shorts. So they must've somehow noticed his balls somehow. And then the guy like came up to him and said that into his ear. We were all drunk on the last night. And this is, I tell this on my shadow people episode and I, everyone's like, your buddy's down. I turn around, Mike's on the ground grabbing his balls. And he's like the fucking Russian. He's trying to point everyone's drunk. And then me and my cousin were getting mad and it just, this whole thing happened. I threw a fucking drink on a guy that was trying to help me. He's like, what's going on? And I was like, fuck you. And I threw my fucking strawberry daiquiri at him. <laughs> strawberry daiquiri. But you see, see what I mean it though about scary. how quickly I feel like that shit like turns weird. Like hostel, for scary. example. Like there's a case of, of dudes basically getting abducted for like different mm-hmm. reasons. But it just goes to show how quickly like maybe as a guy you might think, you know, I'll be and fine. Your I'm, organs, I'm they want whatever, your healthy like, heart. Or your, yeah. yeah, but like, let's say you're just there with your girl, like, and, and shit gets weird and you step up and go, nah, not yeah. happening. But you've got a group of guys now and you're on this cruise ship and you don't really know what's going on and everyone's speaking a fucking yeah. different language and you're like, who the fuck is like, who's in on this? Who's fucking, how do I get off this yeah. shit? Frightening. I hope this scares a lot of people. Um, it, it, like, it is freaky. <laughs> um, Okay, so the um, the case of Rebecca was one of the few cases that did go public. Nevertheless, the truth about what happened to her aboard the Disney Wonder uh, a Disney remains cruise. unknown. I know, which is even more wild, I think. I know, like, Creepy. Disney are into some shady shit, but you would think, like, the... Because there's kids on board you know, of those ships. How often does that happen? Um, Let's see. At, at the time of her disappearance, she was a 24-year-old Chester, England native who worked with children aboard the Disney cruise ship. Oh, so there's yeah. another thing. She's a fucking employee. You know Ghislaine Maxwell was in uh, in Disney World in the 80s, making like speeches and shit? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, look it up. That does not surprise me. Um, So they were en route to Mexico from Los Angeles. She was last seen on CCTV footage at 5.45 a.m. in the crew lounge talking on an internal phone line, wearing men's clothing and acting visibly distressed. Is that this photo? That's bizarre. Yeah. Um, After hanging up the phone, she was neither seen nor heard from ever again. When she failed to report to her 9 a.m. shift, Disney staff were alerted to search the ship for her, but to no avail. The United States Coast Guard and Mexican Navy were then contacted to perform a search of the surrounding ocean, but also came up short to any clues. According to Rebecca's dad, Disney disregarded standard operating procedures and didn't turn the ship around to look for his daughter. Additionally, he states that the Navy and Coast Guard teams were given incorrect coordinates and likely searched the wrong area of the sea. Under the flags of convenience system, jurisdiction of the case fell on the country of the ship's registration, which in this case was was the tax haven of the Bahamas. Mm. 
Three days after her disappearance, Disney contacted the Royal Bahama Police Force to conduct an investigation. They responded by assigning one detective to the case, and he was flown out by Disney via private jet to Los Angeles. He spent one day aboard the Wonder, once it returned to port, interviewing six of 950 employees and zero of the 2,000-plus passengers. After several days of stalled communications, Disney flew out Rebecca's parents to meet with the detective and the ship's captain in Los Angeles. In the matter of their daughter, in the matter of their missing daughter, the family was treated Disney style. According to her mother, everything was staged by Disney. We were taken in a car with blacked out windows on the boat. We were taken onto the boat's back entrance as passengers disembarked from the front. They took us to a room where they played CCTV footage of Rebecca, where she appears to be fine. On board, the ship's captain offered the family his conclusion as to the fate of their daughter. He explained that it was likely that she had been swept off of Deck 5 by a rogue wave. Mike and Anne were then shown Deck 5, a crew swimming pool area directly in front of the ship's bridge that was guarded by walls reaching over 6.5 feet tall. They were then taken to the crew quarters and Rebecca's cabin where they were shown a sandal that allegedly belonged to her and was recovered on Deck 5. Yeah, just, that I does know. not add up. That is like creepy. That's fucking bizarre. It does sound really Disney, though. Um, it gets worse. Oh, I think on. that, I just want to say that, like, okay, there's connections to Epstein and Disney and what the Disney, like, castle looks like on the cover, looks like Epstein's island, same with Ellen DeGeneres' set, all these things that are, like, weird coincidences. And if you think about it, if they wanted to just, like, make this underground sex ring using Disney because we know Disney is shady. Walt Disney was a very shady character. The whole company is shady. Why wouldn't they be like certain countries use that boat or that, you know, that image of Disney and traffic all sorts of people, children specifically. Yeah. You know, and like this evidently, and you'll see in a second, it's, in my opinion, it's pretty easy for them to just like make a go away. Um, The following day, they watched from the shore as the Disney Wonder left port to set sail on its next cruise. Despite the case being an ongoing investigation, Disney considered the heartbreaking matter to be put to rest and laid flowers on the side of Deck 5 um, and had a small ceremony attended by some of the ship's crew. Unsatisfied with Disney's account of their daughter's disappearance, they hired a private investigator, Roy Ram, a former specialist of Scotland Yard, and sought the aid of Chester MP Chris Matheson and former Deputy Prime Minister Lord Prescott. What they unearthed outside the official investigation has disturbing implications as to the possible fate of Rebecca. Disney has always maintained that it was a rogue wave that swept her off Deck 5, sometime between the hours of 6 and 9am. However, there are numerous inconsistencies with this account. One is that the weather and ocean conditions near to where the ship was located do not show any indication of any stormy weather, much less rogue waves. It would have needed to be over 100 feet high to sweep a person off that deck and above six-foot walls that surround it. Uh, the primary piece of physical evidence in her disappearance was the video of her talking on an internal phone line at the time of her last known sighting. 
In his investigation, the private detective discovered that the CCTV footage had been cropped to hide the timestamp and the location. According to Disney, the footage was shot inside Deck 5, where she was allegedly swept overboard. After viewing the undoctored copy of the footage, uh, the investigator learned that it was actually shot on Deck 1, was not close to the vicinity of her alleged accidental death. Copies of this footage have been denied to the family repeatedly. Another notable piece of evidence that Disney gave was the sandal that was allegedly recovered. However, this sandal had the name and cabin number of another individual altogether. But the family and crew member insisted that the sandal were both the wrong size and not in the style of Rebecca at all. A few months after the disappearance, investigative journalist John Ronson <laughs> of, of The Guardian sailed aboard the Wonder in an attempt to make sense of the incident. In talking with crew members, he uncovered suspicious and even sinister intentions behind Disney's explanation. One crew member disclosed, Look, all I'm going to say is Disney knows exactly what happened. That phone call she had, it was taped. Everything here is taped. There's CCTV everywhere. And I mean everywhere. Disney have the tape. When asked about Rebecca, another crew member replied, I don't know anything about it. It didn't happen. You know that's the answer that I've been told to give. Rebecca's family and friends from England described her as happy-go-lucky and energetic. Working for Disney would require one to be of an overall sunny disposition or Disney wouldn't hire you if you weren't that sort of person. However, other crew members and close friends of Rebecca on the ship paint a more uh, nuanced version of her character than her parents in the media. When asked about her, one crew member described her as a lovely girl with severe underlying sadness. In 2017, Tracy Medley, Rebecca's girlfriend and co-worker, she... I don't know if that means girlfriend is in yeah, yeah. like she's a lesbianist. Um and co-worker aboard the Wonder broke her silence on the events. She claims that night her and Rebecca engaged in a threesome with a male boyfriend. According to her, Rebecca had been distraught over their fiery and passionate relationship in the weeks prior. The shock of her sharing her lover with a male friend or perhaps sexually vying for her attention, might have been enough to swing Rebecca's usual sunny mood into a state of despair. Um, She believes that Rebecca wanted off the ship and her life and climbed over the six-foot railings to jump. Uh, Friends and family in England have vigorously denied that Rebecca took her own life. According to accounts of crew members, friends, family, members of law enforcement, her case was a botched investigation with only six officially recorded interviews, withheld evidence and no forensic investigation. It is objectively hard to be satisfied with the level of police were conducted. Good friend of one of the last people aboard the ship to see Rebecca alive offered his opinion to the BBC and stated, I was never spoken to by any security or police at all. To call this an investigation would be an insult. In 2016, the private investigator uncovered a ripped pair of shorts with Rebecca's remaining personal effects from her cabin. He and other law enforcement believed this pointed to signs of a struggle, perhaps even sexual assault. Months after her disappearance, the family noticed that there had been activity in her bank account, as well as changed passwords on her Facebook. According to MP Matheson, I believe there is sufficient evidence to indicate a crime may have well taken place. 
More than seven years later, friends and family are still searching for answers to the same nagging questions. Although this case has gone largely cold, closure and answers that are still is being searched up. for. That's crazy. Disney or Disney or wild. They're just like that. Just goes to show you, right? How say like how scummy. say that she did commit suicide. She unalived herself, right? Like say that happened, right? They w- Disney would want to cover it up. A Disney employee killed themselves, right? They'd want to they'd want to cover that up, and that is just like the surface level, tip of the iceberg. What it could have been, or they do this more often than people want to acknowledge. And then they just set it up like a movie and make it all look real, but it's actually fake and like leading you away from the true story of what actually happened. But part of me does think that she could have got, you know, just fell in love and, you know, and maybe, maybe wasn't infatuated with somebody. And then some shit happened. Like they said, like a threesome type of thing. Cause if you had people that were actually working with her and getting to know her, and then she just was like, got an emotional state was drunk. And then even was like thinking about it and then even fell in. And then Disney would have to, cause they have the footage. They definitely do. Yeah. You see, I think that's, that's kind of what, um, what like rubs me up the wrong way more than that is like, They've obviously got some sort of a like contingency plan for this stuff because to me that doesn't sound like something that they just winged at, at a moment's yeah. notice. That was all like, okay, so if this happens, we just say that we don't have any footage of anything. We don't yeah. record phone calls. We'll just like crop the footage we do have and say it was somewhere else. Just wild and sketchy. Story. Uh, I don't trust the story at all. I don't trust Disney. I think Disney is a corrupt, creepy organization that has his hands in everything, and uh, including, I think, child trafficking, in my opinion, and grooming and influencing kids. So wouldn't put it past them to uh, do something really shady, like either hide a suicide or somebody going missing where they knew what happened to her. Um, you know, I, yeah, fuck Disney. <laughs> It's yeah, and it's wild as well. Like there was what over three thousand people on that ship, and they done six interviews. Yeah, that is really weird. Um, so I have a couple more, but maybe we'll cut it uh, a little short because we talked a little more than we thought. These are little cases, like essentially ones I was going to talk about was uh, there was a famous comic book artist that disappeared on a Caribbean dive. Um, Norman uh, Norman Lee. Uh, yeah, he was a comic book like creator. He uh, did stuff for like X Men and the Avengers, and um, yeah, he just went missing, um, and uh, in a vacation in the Caribbean, and they went for like a snorkeling excursion, and he just never came back, um, which is scary in general. Like they could the the currents maybe were too powerful. And they couldn't even locate his body because while they that kind of went wrong when they want like they went up getting like separated, and then he was just gone. And he was separated from other participants of this snorkeling uh, endeavor, this adventure, and uh, yeah, he was gone forever. They don't know where his body is. Scary. See the like I don't know every time I hear stories like this I'm like I know and then also. I just don't want to go anywhere. I just wanted to mention this one because their names are Hugh, uh, P-H-A-M, Hugh Pham, and Hugh Tran. 
So they are, I think, Chinese, um, and it their names match. Hugh Fan and Hugh Tran. They both they had the first the same first name and a rhyming last name, uh, and they went missing on a carnival cruise. Uh, and they're, the only thing left was their shoes. And they, they like they're, they were with their daughter and their uh, granddaughter, and they think that they committed suicide, but they don't necessarily know. It's just speculated. Uh, their son, Michael Femme, does not uh, buy it. Uh, he said they were happy in planning uh, a trip to the Vietnam to see relatives. Oh, so they're Vietnamese. Um, they're, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of their names. It's just like kind of, it's kind of cute, actually, uh, that their names like literally match this. I only found one picture of them on the entire internet and this is it. A cute Vietnamese couple, you know, like it, they seem, seem fairly happy. Maybe they're like, let's do it together. And they hold hands and they jump off the cruise, you know? Do you know what's weird actually about that Norman Lee uh, yeah. case? Cause it, it seems pretty clear cut about like, you know, he just yeah. went missing and that was it. He just drowned or just was swept away or whatever. Yeah. Um, was the fact that the FBI had gotten involved in that case and they took over from the Royal Cayman Islands Police and they are offering a $10,000 reward and there's actually a, a poster that they have, like, you know, yeah. on their website and whatever. And it's a $10,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of Norman Lee and or the identification which leads to the conviction of those involved in his disappearance. Weird. Why would he be taken? Did he yeah. have some and money? And like his family apparently have been on a big thing about like they haven't shared much with the family about why, but the FBI don't get involved in anything unless they're like, there's grounds to Weird. like, they'll try and be like nothing to do with us. There's no crime to investigate. So we're not getting involved in someone drowning. That is weird. It's, you know, yeah. But like there's been no like official uh, apparently like they've been contacted several times and they said that they won't comment on an open investigation. And it's still open. Even when I day. was reading on it, I kind of looked him up and like some of his images to show um while we were like kind of talking about it. There's him like signing comic books and mm -hmm. it's kind of weird. Like cause I didn't see I saw some stuff, I think that's slightly on that, but like most of the things were just like, oh, you like was disappeared in a snorkeling accident. He's got and it sounds bad, right? Straight away, I was, like, thinking, I wonder, like, did he have some, like, pretty good, like, life insurance policy yeah. or something? And his wife was like, you know what? I'm fucking sick yeah. of you. I think I'm just going to kill you. I know. Sick of you making those kids I think kids I'd rather books. lots of money. <laughs> yeah. Or, or he was doing fairly well. Um, I don't know what his net worth was or anything like that, but maybe he was making some decent money creating comic books and signing and doing all that stuff. Who knows? Um, bizarre. Uh, you had one more, did you not? You have Brittany uh, Drexel. Yeah. All right, uh, get to her, and then uh -huh. I'll end it on one that is um, just bizarre and kind of like just it's a very strange case. Uh, it's not that long, so because um, like like always for the fans to understand. Um, you know, I'll cut this from the audio, but for the video, we're always like we're gonna do an hour and a half, and it's like two hours in, so it's nothing new. That's what we do. <laughs> let's, let's get to Brittany Drexel. Um, okay, so Brittany Drexel. On the night of April 25th, 2009, 17-year-old Brittany left a hotel in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where she had been staying this with her friends unbeknownst to her parents. Like 15. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. 
Like, Same. Yeah. That would have been like everything I would have been looking for. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she, she. so she had been staying there with her friends unbeknownst to her parents during spring break. Now, straight away, right, and I'm not, I'm not knocking her parents yeah. or anything like that, but that's like massive red flags for me that like she was able to travel to South Carolina and her parents had no idea. Uh, that's really weird. How did you not know? Like I, and where's she from? That this, um, where is she from originally? That's a good question. Yeah. I Take your time. I'm all the audio gets cut. The the video you guys get it were raw. New York. What? Rochester, she, New Rochester York. and she got to where? South That's Carolina. pretty far. And like I think she, she had told her parents. It's like the next uh, state over. Wow. Yeah, she so they she had asked several times, could she go? And the her mother refused since she she didn't know any of the other teenagers well enough and there was no accompanying adults on the trip. She also had a premonition that something would, something bad would happen to her daughter. That's this led scary. to arguments between the two for several days. Then Brittany asked if she could go to a friend's house for a day or two to calm down, to which Dawn agreed. That day, Drexel left for South Carolina with the other students without telling her mother. Which I just thought straight away to me, that was just yeah. bizarre. Um... So, um, she walked to another hotel nearby, sent a text to her boyfriend, letting him know she was headed back to her room and she was never heard from again. So crazy. That night around 8 p.m., she left her friends at the Bar Harbor Hotel beachfront to walk 1.5 miles south down Ocean, South Ocean Boulevard to visit a longtime friend who was staying at the Blue Water Resort. Security cameras at the resort showed her arriving. She was carrying a beige purse and wearing black and white tank top, flip-flops and shorts. It captured her leaving around 45 minutes later at 8.45pm. She was texting her boyfriend, who had stayed in the Rochester area because of work commitments. They had been texting back and forth, but around 9.15 her texts suddenly stopped and he began calling her friends in Myrtle Beach to see if they knew where she was or what had happened and why she wasn't answering. When that failed, he called her mother Dawn, who had not known her daughter was in Myrtle Beach. Until oh she was my contacted. God! What do you think your daughter is? Like this is the issue. Like, like she could have probably survived, and it's sad because even looking at some of these images, she just looks like you know someone I could have known. You know what I mean? Like they all kind of do actually. Like just people that you would know in in your own life, and and it's just kind of it's it's bizarre looking at photos of some of these people. And, and, and just picturing that they're just gone. Nobody knows where they are, like no one in their own life. And they could either be dead or like I said, or just someone's personal object is fucking frightening. Which is so scary. Yeah. Um, Myrtle Beach police began looking for her the following morning. They located the security camera footage from the Blue Water Resort and found the friends whom she had visited. The last person who had reported seeing her before she left was identified um, as a friend called Peter, a 20-year-old nightclub promoter whom she had known from the Rochester area and who was also vacationing in Myrtle Beach. They had apparently met at a local nightclub the night before. After police interviewed him 
and the men with whom he was sharing his hotel room, they said that no one has been ruled in or out, adding that they did not have any persons of interest. Police searched her hotel room, finding all of the clothes she packed, but not her purse or cell phone. The phone's network pings were tracked on a path leading 60 miles south of Myrtle Beach to an area along US Route 17 near the Georgetown Charleston County line. The pings had stopped abruptly in the early morning of April 26th. Areas near areas near there and around Myrtle Beach where the body might have been disposed of were searched for 11 days in 2011. Police searched an apartment in Georgetown County, but that effort did not yield any information. Um, so her mother and this Peter dude, apparently, <laughs> had several confrontations on the television show Dr. Phil, during which Peter often expressed frustration at the damage to his reputation. Dawn, who had driven to Myrtle Beach the day after her daughter's disappearance, eventually relocated there permanently to be close to where her daughter had been last seen and better monitor the progress of the investigation. In 2014, a newspaper article on the case's fifth anniversary, she expressed her theory that Brittany had defied... What? Her theory that Brittany had defied her to go to Myrtle Beach because she had been promised something of interest, such as a modelling job. Dawn believed her daughter had been trafficked, but the Myrtle Beach police did not believe this was a strong possibility. Due, <laughs> due to their claim of little or no trafficking taking place in their <laughs> jurisdiction. Well, that never happens right? here, trust me. I'm involved right? with it, but it doesn't and then happen. I, I, I'm going to follow this up with something pretty funny. Um, a 2019 report conducted by the South Carolina Human Trafficking Task Force rated the county as the number one county in South Carolina for Yeah, so they're like, no, we don't we'll have that happening here. And they're like, hey, we're making money off of it, most likely. Um, Here's where it gets kind of weird, though. The, the her remains this, were found? Uh, and it's, 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 it, yeah, it's quite recent. In early May 2022, Raymond Moody, a 62-year-old registered sex offender, turned himself into the Georgetown County Sheriff's Office on the basis of an obstruction of justice charge. Police had first considered Moody a person of interest in her disappearance as early as 2012. He confessed to the crime and provided the location of her remains. And they found her remains, the right? Ex- uh, yes, yeah, they fucked. excavated the site over the next three days. May 11th, 2022, human remains were located buried in the woods off of a gated private drive and outside Georgetown. That it was her. About four feet into the ground and... They were identified as Brittany's remains through DNA uh, and dental fucked. records. So he definitely did. The arrest warrant alleged that Brittany had been strangled and then buried in the morning of April 26, 2009. Georgetown County Sheriff's Office, along with Drexel's family, made the information public, along with the announcement of his arrest. Moody was arrested again and charged with murder, kidnapping, and first-degree criminal sexual misconduct all alleged to have occurred on the day she disappeared. On October 19th, 2022, he pled guilty to all charges and was subsequently sentenced to life in prison with an additional two consecutive terms of That's 30 years fucked. each. It's just, it is I, There's There's a couple of really good uh, YouTube, like, mini documentary things, like, and it shows all the interrogation footage of him. And it was actually his... Um, 
he was with a chick for years and she started something i can't remember exactly but you can you can watch like the the interview she does with the cops she basically ratted him out um she went and she was like look i know that he's like a he was convicted as a sex offender like you know 20 years ago or whatever or 30 years ago but she was like only until recently he he made some remarks about something and she was like i can't shake the feeling that he knows more about what was going on it's just and from there it just spiraled and then eventually he just kind of comes in once he realizes he's been caught and he's just so casual he's like yeah so you know just killed her and whatever and strangled i done it like this and they were like did you do anything else to her body he was like oh no no jesus i wouldn't i wouldn't like um decapitate her or like do anything like that or i I wouldn't i'm not sick oh but he probably raped her yeah, yeah, he like raped her and done whatever, and, and that's murdered. what's fucked. Cause like that all the, so all the other cases, we don't know what happened, and like this definitely looks like some chick uh, that I would have known as a teenager that I probably would have tried to get yeah. with or something like that. Just she has that very like small town kind of girl look, and it's it's kind of disturbing once you find, okay, this is someone that we actually know what happened to her. Her remains were found in this creepy bald looking dude look at that freak yeah that probably kidnapped her took her and then did horrible things to her and her body while she was alive and conscious and the fact that like you know this young girl and this happens more often than it should not happen at all but it happens way too often and people are not really paying attention is this idea of like how often people go missing taken from somebody and then used for horrible things. And like the last thing this young girl sees is this horrible, creepy one-eyed looking man choking her to death. Like he does have the look of like a serial killer, dude. Like, where's that one? eye? Yeah. That's so weird. Lazy eye thing or whatever the fuck it is. He looks like what you would picture a serial killer to look like. It's just frightening. This one, I wanted you to cover it because it's like just <laughs> disturbing. I didn't want to read it. There's, if anyone, like, I, I know it sounds weird, but like, if anyone's like interested by the sound of that case, like, I feel like we, we done it justice yeah. in what we said, but it's interesting to see some of the interrogation footage and stuff and you kind of hear more like yeah. in depth details. But like, he's so casual about the whole thing. Like, you yeah. can tell he knows that he's fucked. So I think he just kind of is like, you know what? I'm probably just better off just saying it like it is now because I'm already fucked. So I've been caught. Yeah, and, and some of them like living in that be, and be like, why? Could, you know? And he's like, you know, he's like yeah. sipping his coffee and it's all like chill. He's not handcuffed or anything. He's just like chilling out. And these sociopaths, right? They don't feel empathy for, for other people or what they've done, right? They only revel in it. It's frightening. Dude, there's a side-by-side picture of her. It's that picture you have of her, what like she's wearing like some sort of blue top. Yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, that picture. There's a side by side of that, and then him with the uh, fucking yeah. one eye. It's frightening. And I swear to God, just just to look at that, like, and think, that freak, like kidnapping her when she's seventeen. Like, what, what age was she? Like, yeah, it's scary. It's just frightening, and that we know what happened to her. The other cases. He would have been what in his yeah. like 50s. And even with the other cases, like, and I knew this was going to happen when we we're going through this episode is looking at some of the images of all these mostly women that like went missing. And there's way more 
And it, we're kind of discussing the famous cases, and they're all like white women. That's why I want to make it the point of how many other people do go missing of color and stuff like that, because you know it it's the less dead, so to speak. People just don't pay attention to it as much, especially people from impoverished areas. They they don't pay attention to it or care. But as soon as it's a beautiful young white woman with blue eyes, you know all these chicks mostly that are the more famous cases are blondes or you know blue-eyed young women you know like like if you go through the majority of these photos it's you know it's very much that the case so it is kind of i don't know but it is still frightening and bizarre to like look at these images of these people and think that they're just gone they're you know they've disappeared they're not here anymore (laughs) and it's right this i don't mean this to sound like sick or whatever but there's times I look at these things and I, I I try to put myself in their shoes in the sense of like, you know, I don't know, like that, that girl must have been just like walking yeah, wherever back to her hotel or whatever. And it's like, how does that even happen? Like, does he just walk up and go, I'm just kidnapping you and that's it. You have no choice or like, I know. Just that whole I know, thing, and, like, yeah. did she and we've know talked about this beforehand too. what we he was both doing? do that, where I, 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 since a young age, I've been super into true crime, and, and I, I, I've talked about the law teacher that I knew that would, like, make us, he would, like, pick our brains um, when I was, like, in grade 11. It was a law teacher that used to be a lawyer, and even when we did this, what got me more fascinated with researching this stuff is even, like, the Paul Bernardo case. We, we did the whole Paul Bernardo case, and he made us, like, think about what would happen, and and he would want us to solve it. So we did like a disturbing case where eventually I like to cover on the show, but it's disturbing. Some of these cases, um, like Holly Jones, the, um, little girl that went missing in Toronto. And then her body parts were found in suitcases cut up all around Toronto Island and stuff like that. And like frightening. And they, we went through the whole case of him, like what made him snap. He was looking at, child porn and then it just snapped in his head and he went out there and the first little girl he saw he just took her no even thought to it like it's gonna be a fucked up case we might end up covering it because i don't think bailey's brain can handle it but it's like really disturbing where we have to be semi-serious which we have to be for certain cases like when me and billy did the highway of tears it's all about indigenous women going missing and stuff like that that's an older episode but it some of these episodes do make my skin crawl you know yeah more than others yeah, it's like and like i'm just i'm looking at this guy like and even in his 60s he's a, yeah, big, he's a motherfucker. big dude big scary like if looking. you can't you can't really it doesn't do it justice but there's a couple of images of him coming in yeah. on a crutch into the courtroom and stuff and he's like chained at the wrist and stuff i'm like you know what i'm like i'd probably have a like even a hard time i don't know how physically yeah. you know smashed up he is now but I'm like, he looks like a big motherfucker. Yeah. And like the idea of him like grabbing, like it's I know. So and a thi- like, like, yeah. Her like small yeah, body. Tiny. And like, he's like, fucking. Yeah, just like, I know. It's just <laughs> creepy. It's, it, it, and it's, I'm sure it makes people, and that's why, you know, women should be careful, you know? And I, and you know, women walk and like, in they are like the take back the night was, is like a protest um, that feminists do, but it's not even a feminist movement. It's just about like women being like not wanting, wanting to be scared, you know, walking uh, the streets at night and they shouldn't Mm -hmm. be scared, but we shouldn't also live in a society where we let criminals off, uh, with like nothing. And, 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 you know, it's going to get me into a, like, Like I've been out, I've been out sometimes mental health. I wonder why. For like, you know, maybe I might bring the dog out 
like later at night when it's kind yeah. of getting dark just for a walk like like around the, the block yeah. or whatever and there's times like where I'll, I'll i'll see like a woman or a girl and i can tell she's like visibly like trying to be yeah. like you know maybe trying to see like am i some sort of i know and and, and you think about just, murder yeah and i feel bad yeah. and weird and i'm like do I, like if i if I cross the street, does that make this yeah, look yeah. weirder? Like, if I do anything now, do I make? Am I making this look like I'm up? To I know something? it's true. And and bring up even Bernardo, right? We're talking about like what happens. He was just waiting at a bus stop in Scarborough for women to, to get off the bus and then just chloroform, uh, or like just take them and force them because he was the Scarborough rapist before he ever turned into a serial killer, and he would just hide and without and and so ballsy and narcissistic and risky that he would do it. Out in the open. That's a trick of me goosebumps. Um, why the somebody in the chat while we're going live to Twitch was like, "I have a daughter, and these things like this scare the fuck out of me." And it, like it should. It's scary. What you know? It's well, let's get into the last case because it's, it's frightening, but it's kind of really weird and strange. Let's say, um, did a wolf or a bear or other animal attack and drag away a two-year-old boy from a popular Idaho campsite? In 2015, this is weird. Uh, D. Oro Coons and his parents, his name is D. Or, literally D. E. O. R. R. D. Or. Uh, Coons and his parents, Jessica Mitchell and Vernal Coons. I think I have an image of them. Yeah, I think this is the one I want to make sure. Uh, very bizarre um, uh, names for these. Dior is a really, I've never even seen the spelling of this name and have no idea. Um, I just want to look this up. If it's there. Yeah, this is the same. It's just like, it's weird because they look like normal. This sounds weird. They're, they're just white people. There's like normal looking, kind of a little bit trailer parkish, small town, white people. And they just have strange names. Like the kid's name is Dior. That's a story. Is that weird? Is that weird? Have you ever heard that name? Or am I the only one that's like Dior and Vernal? Vern, Vern, yeah, Vernal. Weird. Uh, we're enjoying the wilderness on their camping vacation. I thought it would be something different to get off the beach and get into something like, because this happens all the time, I'm sure, during vacations, even going on to a trailer park or something. like. And eventually we'll be talking about stuff like that when it comes to first-class horror and some of the movies that we'll get into. But one day the parents left on a walk, saying they left Dior with his grandfather, great-grandfather. So this guy's like... <laughs> I've I've heard of this case He's like before. just in a chair and there's like, he's like half dead, like, uh, or he is dead, like a vacation, uh, uh, what is that? Bernie's or whatever. And then just putting him on this old guy's lap and be like, we're going for a walk and we're going to like smoke crack or something. Sorry for the, if this, if anyone listens to this, <laughs> that is part of this family. I'm kidding. I'm making assumptions. Um, who conversely thought that the parents were with him when they returned, the boy was missing. Once the parents reported the disappearance, local, uh, local and state authorities descended upon the area, um, trying to find ev- any evidence of little Dior. Uh, neither the great grandfather nor the grandparents, um, knew, uh, while considered suspects, they have been, they have not been charged. Uh, some experts have been suspicious of the parents' behavior, saying that the mother in particular exhibit erratic behavior and apparently dislike being a mother. So if they, if somebody found out, if somebody, 
if, if there was people that knew of her behavior and not liking taking care of this kid and being one of those parents that like, you know, didn't choose to, you know, get have an abortion or whatever at a young age and had a kid and maybe with a guy that she didn't even necessarily want to be with any of those cases of like, and then she's resentful and then it comes out on the kid and then something happens, you know? There's, uh, so I remember hearing about this story. I don't know the exact, because I think there was a pretty big, I don't know if it was like Netflix or one of those companies done a, a docu-series or a documentary about this yeah. case a while back. And it was like one of those things that went like, you know, crazy viral. Yeah, it was I'm everywhere. surprised I haven't heard about this. There's, there's something, yeah, there's something weird about that case. So if you look at, in that documentary, they have like the, the previously like unreleased police yeah. interviews and stuff. Yeah, it seems sketchy. Even when I was reading through, like, even the small little article I had, because all these are, like, cases that we didn't want to do a full episode on that are based on people going on vacations. And mostly one of the most bizarre and strange things that happen during a vacation is, you know, people go missing. Um, And they're, like, it's the parents that throw an attorney this is like the bizarre thing of why I brought this case up is the attorney for the parents said that the, a bald Eagle carried away the child. That's their excuse. The guy's like, you know what? They're, they're really loving parents. You know, they just wanted to go for a walk to have a nice conversation and leave their kid behind with the great grandfather that obviously has no recollection of this because why, you know what I mean? how he would have saw the kid disappear or, you know, and this is an interpretation of what he could look like now. Well, not now, but years later. Um, Horror at the campground, real life nightmare is the name of the movie or TV series, whatever it is. But like there was, and I remember in that, I can only remember like little bits of it, but like there was shit, I think where they said, um, I, I can't remember which of them said it, but they were like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a wolf's den near to where we were. Uh, how did you guys know that? It, it, it's home to 15 or 16 wolves. And I, that, that might be something to, so like the police went and like searched this den and like, they didn't find anything to do with any sort of, they, you know, they found bones and different things, but it was all animal yeah. based or like there was no child brought Someone in. Someone in the chat, way. uh, commented and said uh the dad looks upset and the uh the mom looks emotionless and if you look at this image also look at her face that body language shows it all she looks like she's in disgust so who's the 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 great granddad or whatever because i remember him being like super fucking creepy and weird um i'm trying to see if i can have you got pictures of the four of them there's fucking scary oh looking. oh yeah 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 um yeah, yeah, he looks bizarre. I thought I had it, but I'm going to bring it up. I just found it. Um, it's kind of weird, and maybe he had some part in it. I don't know. And they, like, w- wanted to get rid of the kid. But, yeah, that's... So I think the guy down in the bottom right, that's Isaac, whatever. He's, like, yeah. the friend. He was never, apparently, uh, I don't think, ever named as, like, any sort of, like suspect or whatever yeah 
but I want to say, um, what's his name? That guy, Isaac. Because I feel like he had some sort of weird story yeah, as well. Where's Baby Dior? Yeah, I see. There's a couple of things of this guy. Um, update on suspect. Um, Dior Jr. It's not bringing up his name. Oh, Isaac. Yeah, Renwand. I had nothing to do with Dior's disappearance, so they blamed him. He's a freakish looking guy in some of these fucking photos. Can you say inbred? So yeah, so you had um uh so the dad. Um he claims he was camping with his son when his son disappeared. He says he trusts Jessica, which is the mother, a hundred percent. He believes that the child was abducted from the campsite, says he left him with the granddad for 15 or 20 minutes. In that time, he disappeared. Um, That's the Isaac guy. <laughs> scary looking dude. Yeah, he, he looks is like a Neanderthal. His forehead um, takes off most of his fucking head. So then you have... Um, you have the mother. She says the same thing, that they left him with the granddad. Um, she said she trusts the, the the dad, like her boyfriend yeah. or whatever, and his story. She believes that the child wandered away and passed away in the mountains near the campsite. I just, I, I, and who knows? We might be being super rude and and objectively basing our opinions on our assumptions. Uh, but like, I don't know. There's just some weird energy I'm feeling from the photos. Yeah. And, and like, there's another thing about it. Like, you know, they're, they're essentially in a way like being like, well, we left him with his, his grandparent and like, you know, he, he went missing from there or whatever. But then they also go on to say that. So that's, uh, it's Jessica, the mother, it's her grandfather. Yeah. is who it is. Bob Walton. They also went on to say that he was an old 76-year-old confused man who was on oxygen. So why would they leave the kid with the Yeah, that's, decrepit that's exactly old man. my question. That's bizarre. Um, and, and the granddad said that he doesn't trust uh, Isaac mm. and he thinks it was him. And then Isaac is um, said to be uh, have slight developmental disability. <laughs> Um, he was Grandpa Bob's former neighbor and fishing buddy. He's the only camper that weekend who law enforcement says hasn't changed his story at all. Which is like kind of convincing that maybe he didn't do anything, but that they could blame it on him because he's a guy with mental Yeah, because I think he was the only one who was never, he was the only one I think who police never pulled in and went like, he's a person mm -hmm. of interest. They ne his name was never like, but the two parents. I don't know. It is the, usually the someone close like, to the family, if not like even you know with certain abuse cases and stuff like that. It's usually a family member. Um, bizarre, uh, you know. I always find it weird, though, right? Don't you feel like if you had a kid, um, I I always find it weird, like the way parents do that thing, where it's like, you know, I, I think he was like eight. Yeah, I know. Why would you just like? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah, I think because we left him with with my my granddad, and Crazy he's old like, pa. you know, he can't see. Yeah. yeah, he can't see or hear or walk or anything. He, and he like, felt he, licks on like his face, like and he thought body. it was the kid licking him, but it was the wolf or whatever. Like you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, and you're like, okay, so you're basically saying that that you bought you brought the grandfather out 
and he was basically like a yeah. dead body. So you decided you to leave your two year old child with him and you you went walking into the woods wherever you went yeah. and thought that was like okay. And then when you came back and realized he was gone, you were like, huh, must have got eaten <laughs> up in the weird. mountains by It wolves. seems like they definitely somehow set this up. I'm not saying it's the parents, but I don't Yeah, know. And, and I think a lot a lot of the theories aren't actually that the parents like murdered him or yeah. done anything like that. A lot of the theories are um, they probably weren't like looking after him in the sense of like maybe he fell or something happened to him and they went, <gasps> yeah. shit. I could we see that, like, you know, often that happens in that, in law class, we talked about one case of, um, a dad that was bathing his kid and then accidentally hit, like dropped him or something like that. Um, and like he suffered bad, whoops, sorry about that. Uh, it's supposed to be another case. We're going to get to a guy saved some people, but, um, that, um, the dad, yeah, he, he he dropped the baby by accident, and then they tried to cover it up, but nothing made sense, and and he it was literally just a mistake. But he got like um not not something not manslaughter. The, I think the baby did die. It was like yeah, I think he might have got manslaughter. Uh, that the baby suffered an injury, like a head injury, and they said it was like he fell off his chair or something like that. But then when they investigated, they found out the dad like dropped him in the bathtub and then tried to cover it up and stuff like that. And then it was like. And how often stuff like that could happen. And the kid trips and bashes open his head. And then they're the mother already doesn't want the kid. And they're like in they're devastated and you know, and in some case, but they have to clean it up and get rid of it or get rid of the body. I don't know, it just seems very sketchy. And then it seems like who knew who knows that the grandfather was part of it and helped them cover it up. And yeah, yeah, it's very scary. Um, and it honestly, if anybody has any strange stories of being on vacation, you can send it to me at strangerpodcast at gmail.com. Even if it's for next year, whatever, like send me some emails and we'll do like a Patreon episode. Um, like I said, people can send stories and I've talked to a couple fans that want to come on the show, like saying like, Oh, I'd love to like pop on the show. And, um, I said that maybe for Patreon, for all the people that subscribe to Patreon, eventually we'll do like, well, we'll bring you on for 10, 15 minutes and you can like tell a story. Uh, and we'll put it up on Patreon stuff like that, where, uh, I've had at least two fans that wanted to tell one guy had a UFO, uh, story. So if, cool. if, if that's going to draw people more towards, uh, supporting the show, even though there's tons of other content, like you're, we can start doing stuff like that and fans can come on and tell a spooky story or encounter with a ghost or a UFO or anything like that. Um, I think would be a lot of fun for the fans, but I knew this would get dark, but as soon as you started diving down, especially with me and you and how, you know, Billy, would find some way to make this a little lighter. But once you start really diving into it, it's, it's like spooky and, and it gives, it makes your skin crawl. And, and, and I, I'm the type of person, which I'm sure a lot of our fans are that try to put themselves in the shoes of these people and understand what it was like to have this happen or go missing. Yeah. Like I, I didn't expect it to get like a, I didn't even realize till you just said that they're like how kind of serious yeah. the episode got, but it's just such a, I think it's it's such a, a relatable and like freaky thing yes, in a is. way in the sense of like, you know, everybody goes on vacation, like you're going on a trip yeah. on Friday. And it's like the idea of like these people are to going have on fun these trips and have this a no, great experience and to have time off work. And then 
something very scary or like horrible or horrifying happens. Like to me, I would rather, to be honest, in what I've heard about what the sex rings are like or even the darker, very dark conspiracy stuff when it comes to adrenochrome, uh, I believe it. You don't have to. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit if people don't believe that that is possible. I They've, in my point of view, admitted and showed us enough imagery and symbolism that they do do these things. Uh, but I would rather be shot in the fucking head than be in some sort of grotesque tra- trafficking ring or or y- your body being used for God knows what, you know? Yeah, and just then take my, my organs off. if you really need to, but I don't want to be alive. Yeah. Um, and it's frightening. And we're going to get into even more scary and dark and disturbing things throughout the show. It's going to happen. I have plans to do some very dark episodes at some point. Even when there's soon, we'll be talking about the dark web. Um, Billy has to be on that one because I feel like he'll be able to make light, like <laughs> just be lighthearted with some of these episodes. But that's what we're doing. Is, uh, you know, if fans know, it's just sometimes I'm like, it gets dark. And I'm going to have like nightmares about being on some fucking ship, some ghost ship with all these passengers. I swear to God, right, while we were recording this, just to give people a little bit of context. uh, So uh, as we're about to finish this episode up right now, it is 12.52 a.m. in Ireland right now, right? And... As we were talking about some of these stories, and I haven't had this feeling in a long time, but I'm, uh, there's nobody else in the house, only the dog, yeah. and he's down in the kitchen. So I'm on the third floor, and like a while back there, I heard him barking. And I have, we have cameras like all yeah. inside the house and outside the house, and I can check them from my phone. And I just see him barking like at the back door. Scary. He's just standing on a chair, just staring at the back door barking. And straight away, I got this weird, like, chill of, like, oh, what if there's, like, someone at my back door? This is how this shit happens. That's scary, yeah. And then you're taken. And then I have to be, like, I have very few set of skills. I'm tired. I go there and get drunk and walk around fucking bars till I find you. And then you're just there. If you went, if you go missing or anything happens to you guys at the, the cottage, I'll... I'll uh, give you my word that I'll fly the candle. And then we'll ha- you'll come to my wedding. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. get you back in time. We'll find like you and bring you back. Shit. Um, yeah. And this, we were like planning on covering this within an hour and a half, but like me and Aaron, considering our friendship and how close we are, we always dive down these kind of rabbit holes and I enjoy that we do it. And for Aaron's sake, I always try to be like, okay, we'll like stick to this timestamp so we can actually like do it this justice. But just because the time difference, and like you said, it's like 1 a.m. there. So we'll bring it to a close. Yeah, when I get talking, I, I can't help That's why I said, I was like, yeah, we, I was like, I, this is going to be at least two hours. And you're like, if we can nail it down in one, one hour, half, like an hour and a half or one hour 40, um, awesome. And I'm like, sweet, we can do that. And that's like, when we start really getting into conversations, I can talk for another half an hour just about the idea of going missing on yeah. vacation. Like even just talking about like how spooky and scary and frightening that is probably for every person. So beware next time you book a, a cruise or want to go on vacation to Cuba or something like that. Like I, and I, to end it on this, my, uh, my cousin, 
Uh, the same one that went to Japan went to Cuba after we already went. Um, he's the same one I went to Cuba with. He went to like Mexico, Cuba, whatever. He went with a, a buddy that I also knew and met um, through him. And they went, they went off the resort because they got close to this guy on the resort that worked on the resort. One of the, like the employees, they go off the resort. I will tell people some, some stories of my own of going off the resort uh, for a Patreon episode sometime because it's something I probably wouldn't talk about in the main show and um and then so they went to this house and they the guy said they said they offered them food like this really shitty soup it looked like it was like some of the only food they had and then uh they met this guy's dad i think um or grandfather or something like that i can't remember the whole story but what i do remember is the guy showed them i think it might have been the guy that actually worked at the resort a picture of his niece and then asked them how much they would pay and they were okay. like, I need it. We need to go back to the resort. Like we're not doing this. And so the guy, yeah. So the guy was like, look, this is my niece. How much would you pay for her to have her for an hour or whatever? Fucked up eh? in Cuba off the resort in somebody's home that lived in Cuba. Yeah, that okay. shit's freaky. That reminds me of like I watched I watched um Infinity Pool. Did, is it like, worth watching? Week, whatever for the first time. Yeah, but it kind of reminds me of that, like that idea of like, you know, you have this couple and they're on this resort and they meet this chick and her like boyfriend Mm -hmm. or whatever, which is Mia God's character. And she's like, yeah, no, let's go off resort and like do this fun stuff. And you can tell the other couple are like, uh, we're kind of told not to go off resort. That's like a really bad thing. And she's like, no, it'll be fun. And it's like the Wild West. You can like get anything, drugs and sex, and it's really, really fun. And then you can just see how quickly that can just Yeah, if it, I, I like Mia Goth. I do. I've gotten like recently into her considering some of the films like X and stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't mind cover If I do enjoy it and I watch it, I wouldn't mind covering it. We have tons of other stuff that we got on the list, but let's let Aaron go to bed. Um, and hopefully not have nightmares, but, um, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed, uh, episodes like this episode or all episodes, but I hope you guys enjoy something a little more serious because there's, it's gonna, there's gonna be times where we talk about these scary, obscure and strange circumstances and disturbing things that happen, uh, in this world that we live in this reality that we exist in. Um, so I hope people enjoy it because I hope it makes you think twice though. I kind of want to make you scared this summer, especially at the end. People are planning vacations, and I hope it, uh, I would freaks you out because a lot of people sometimes go when they go in the winter, right? It's like winter time, and they'll go. Um, we went to Cuba in February, where it's like snowy and cold here, you know. So, but I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, Aaron, if you want to shout out your stuff, cancel, cancel all, all your vacations. Cancel all yeah, your don't vacations. get trafficked, especially if you were blonde and blue eyed. We it will at least look for you. Um, anyone else, I, I doubt it, but, um, and if you're bond and blue eyed and you do go missing, at least you'll be on the internet on some news story and a hundred people will look for you for about a week and then you're only your family will care. That's so negative. That's the only good thing about being like, uh, uh, you know, early thirties, uh, balding <laughs> dude. Nobody's like, looking for I, I won't ever have to deal with that at least anyway. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's gonna fucking traffic yep. me. Um, so I hope everyone enjoyed that. Give us five star rating reviews. And obviously with this show, because who knows if we do get any sort of shadow ban considering we, we're filming this and it's coming out of Canada in the 
communist regime that I, I live in and people are like, it's not that bad. I'm like, okay, we can't read the news, man. It's being censored on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that because they want to skew and manipulate the news to fit the leftist narrative. And I'm not right or left. I think they're both fucking wrong. But like literally, I re, last week I got the notification, you can no longer view news on Instagram due to the policies of Canada. Da, 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 da. Um, crazy. Yeah, that is, people want to talk about like fascism stuff because fascism and communism are, and socialism, all these different ideologies are very much the same at heart. They usually have one person conducting and ruling over that said society. Um, Communists, about sharing, but then you still have someone that manipulates and controls that whole system and then uses people for labor and all that stuff. So it's not good either way. And then fascism, yeah, you understand fascism and what that is, nationalism. They still control all the media and they program people to view a specific narrative. And if the government is viewing some sort of narrative, it's probably not the good thing. It's probably the the opposite. It's probably something evil. Yeah. So that's you know, true. everyone be aware because um, it's. I I feel like it's gonna get worse. I feel like the the government is active has done an active war on its people all around the world. So hopefully. It doesn't get bad, but I'm going to record this show until um, a direct energy weapon hits my house, I guess. <laughs> You're just going to take it off of everything. You just won't be I started putting all everything. my episodes slowly onto a two terabyte fucking thing. So um, I'm starting to do it just in case the a nuclear bomb does hit and then someone maybe can find that years to come and be like, wow, look, listen to this shit podcast. You're going to have to... <laughs> These right, these they they listen to it. It's like listen to these racist, bigot, right wing conspiracy theorists. Oh, time capsule, yeah, yeah. Is that what it's called? I'll leave. uh, I'll leave some of my sperm in case someone wants to clone me and then make the podcast again. You know, they they clone me and then put me in a room. They're like, we really like that, like that awful fucking bad human podcast you created when you were actually alive. Now you're clone and can replicate it for the the world. Um, and the new generation of AI robot creatures. Jeez, you really have <laughs> So I hope everyone enjoys uh, the show. And, you know, like I said, when me and Billy were on the Mermaid episode, is like uh, we were trying to, you know, make, you know, f- interesting content, but also make people not think about how horrible the world is. But for some reason, it always leads back to it. <laughs> Yeah, wake up, stand up, you know, nothing's going to change until the people change because uh, let me end it on this because people know I get political. I'm going to do, I was going to do a video about this anyways because I'm a fucking loser. I give my opinion out to the internet. Uh, (laughs) But I was going to be like, governments have never granted the citizens or the people that they rule over freedom. People have had to take it. So remember that. All right. (laughs) Everybody stay strange, fuckers. Au revoir. Be careful of the fucking boat trip you take this summer. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you take and keep moving forward. I can't breathe up. People around me can't stand me Evil around me, anti-freeze In my blood, my sanity Says it's time's up, girls' legs up I'm wide slut In a world of open eyes, shine closed off Acting like you know God, all you do is take a close off Attracting guys just wanna get a load off Acting like Tiger and Provo
Within us, 